MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. Ladies and gentlemen, the starting lineup for what is expected to be the fastest automobile race in the world. On the pole for the Alabama 500 from Catawba, North Carolina, Dodge, the K&K insurance car, the driver from Catawba, North Carolina, number 71, Bobby Isaac, who qualified at 199.658 miles per hour as he twisted that red and white car around this oval. Outside pole, post position number two, number 17, from Spartanburg, South Carolina, three-time Grand National Champion of NASCAR in the Holman Moody Purolator Ford, qualifying at 198.928 miles per hour, the familiar gold and blue, number 17, David Pearson. In post position number three, number 99, the Dow Chemical Special, a Dodge Charger from Georgetown, Indiana, charging Charlie Glotzbach. In post position number four, car number 22, the Mario Rossi automobile from Hueytown, Alabama, in a Dodge, Bobby Allison. Starting fifth, holder of the world record for a closed course, which he established on this track, the Cotton Owens Dodge from Charlotte, North Carolina, Buddy Baker. In the sixth starting position, car number 40, Daytona 500-mile champion, driving the 7-Up Special from Dedham, Massachusetts, Pete Hamilton. In the seventh starting position, car number 32 from Porterville, California, in the Best Line Products car, qualifying at 192.745, car number 32, Dick Brooks. Incidentally, that fast Plymouth qualifier was a 194.361 for Hamilton in the sixth berth. Going to the eighth position, two-time Daytona 500-mile champion in car number 43 from Randleman, North Carolina, in the second 7-Up Special Automobile, Richard Petty, Plymouth. The ninth starting car, number 14, the Baron from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in the Bill Ellis 1970 Plymouth, Freddie Fryer in car number 14. And there's the command to start the engines. They start to rev them up and crank out horsepower, unbelievable horsepower for this event. In the 10th starting position, number 79 from Augusta, Georgia, Frank Warren in the Plymouth. Going 11th, car number 72, the LG DeWitt car from Detroit, Benny Parsons in a Ford. In the 12th position, number 59, former winner on the Alabama Speedway. In the Pepsi-Cola special, car number 59, Richard Brickhouse. 13th starting position, the Coca-Cola special from North Miami Beach, Florida, a Dodge Dr. Don Tarr driving. In the 14th position, number 64, from Charlotte, North Carolina, Elmo Langley in a Mercury. In the 15th position, number 45, Bill Seifert of Skyland, North Carolina, in a Ford. Starting 16th, number 25, Jade Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, in a Plymouth. As the crowd stands and the field rolls out of Alabama International Motor Speedway to take the laps preparatory to the 500-mile test. In the 17th position, number 47, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, in a 68 Ford, Ray Williams. 18th starting car, number 24, Cecil Gordon of Arden, North Carolina, in a Plymouth. 19th runner, number 63, Jimmy Crawford of East Point, Georgia. He is the Clemson graduate, now an airlines pilot, who's out here in a 70 Chevrolet today. In the 20th position, number 51, Dub Simpson, Charlotte, North Carolina, in a Chevrolet. Then in 21st position, after qualifying in the third day of qualifying, at a speed of 198.651 miles per hour. The 60-minute cleaner special. The driver from Timminsville, South Carolina, with one of the greatest pit crews in the game, the Wood Brothers, Cale Yarborough, number 21. 
In the 22nd position, car number 48, James Hilton, driving a Ford out of Inman, South Carolina. The 23rd position, a former winner here at Alabama, Jim Vandiver, Charlotte, North Carolina, number 31, a beautiful wing Dodge automobile. In the 24th position, number 30, Dave Marcus, driving his old automobile, the Lunda construction car out of Black River Falls, Wisconsin, a Dodge. In the 25th position, number 10, Bill Champion, Norfolk, Virginia, Ford. The 26th position, Ron Keslowski, Troy, Michigan, a Dodge. In the 27th position, Larry Bommel, in a Ford. In the 28th position, Dave Alonzo, Mountain View, California, in a 69 Dodge. In the 29th position, Johnny Sears, Ellaby, North Carolina, in a Dodge. 30th position, number 89, Butch Hurst of Orange City, Florida, in a Ford. 31st will be Bill Sherry of Detroit, Michigan, in a Plymouth. The 32nd position is Wendell Scott of Danville, Virginia, Ford. The 33rd position, 06, the Howard Furniture Special, with Neil Castles of Charlotte, North Carolina, in a 70 Dodge. 34th will be Henley Gray, Rome, Georgia, in a 69 Ford. In the 35th position, number 76, Ben Arnold of Fairfield, Alabama, driving a Ford. 36 will be Friday Hessler of Chattanooga, Tennessee, in a Chevrolet. 37th is Bobby Musgrover from Keokuk, Iowa, in a Dodge. 38th, number 07, Cuckoo Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, in a Chevrolet. 39th in the field, Alton Jones of Pleasant Grove, Alabama, in a Ford. And starting 40th, one of the alternates, E.J. Trivet of Atlanta, Georgia, replacing Wayne Smith of Advance, North Carolina. The mark is out, a take-two as the field rumbles by and gets ready to turn it on for 500 miles this afternoon. 40 cars ready to participate in the Alabama 500. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. One lap to go, and they will be underway. On the pole, Bobby Isaac, how will he run the first lap? Well, I would, uh, I'd like to lead the first lap if I can get off, uh, but it's up to the flag, I'll certainly try to lead the first lap, but it's, anything after that, I don't care so much about leading, I'd like to put somebody else lead and just see how things are going to go. David Pearson, Spartanburg, South Carolina, what will the first lap be like? Well, uh, the first lap, and me starting on the uh, front roller, but I guess I will uh, run hard the first few laps. Are you going to try and lead that lap? Well, I guess uh, everybody tries to lead the first and last lap. That's the two most important laps. Of course, the, the first lap don't pay no more. They don't pay anything, as far as I know of, but uh, it seems like a driver always just likes to lead the first and last lap. David. Buddy Baker will be charging down into that first turn. What's it like in the first turn on the first lap? Well, that's the most exciting part of the race. It's probably the first uh, two or three laps of the race when uh, cars that are qualified you, cars that uh, feel that they have a definite advantage over you. When you go by them and see them going back in the mirror, that's uh, quite a thrill, and it's a lot of fun for everybody. Down the back stretch they go, getting ready to go. Let's go on to the back stretch with Tony Dean. What a sight it is, is a field of 40 of the fastest late model Grand National cars in the world are moving down in front of us. Bobby Isaac in the Dodge and David Pearson in the Ford in the front row. The field right down below us. You can hear the roar of engines. What a thrilling sight it is. Back to Ken Squire. They move down into turns number three and four. How quick will they go in turn number one? Well, the first lap, like I said, won't be too fast because of the uh, slow start, but I imagine it'll be around an average of 185. 
It probably will be 185 miles an hour. That's Benny Parsons of Detroit, Michigan, out there just about ready to turn it loose. They move down toward the tri-oval, and they're getting set for a start. Barney Hall. They're bunching very tightly in anticipation of this start. The pace cars down on the safety apron now. They're picking up speed, and down they come, Ken. The Alabama 500 is... Underway, Bobby Isaac goes out in front and Pearson goes up the outside to challenge. Buddy Baker drops to the inside and they're three cars wide in turn number one. Now it's Isaac back in front, Pearson side by side with him as they hit turn two. David Pearson gets the nose out in front. Now Isaac gets the nose out in front. That's as close as it is. Buddy Baker dropping low. And it looks like Buddy Baker's going to try it on the inside. Moving down the back straight away. Buddy Baker alongside of Isaac and then Pearson. It's Dodge, Dodge and Ford, and here comes Charlie Glossback up on the inside, and Charlie Glossback in the lead. They head up towards turn number three. Glossback out in front by a half car length. Then it's Buddy Baker, Bobby Isaac, and David Pearson. They're heading out of three and into four. Glossback with just about a nose in front as they come off that fourth corner, and here's Isaacs up alongside again. A battle really going for that number one position side by side, Glossback and Isaacs. Who will it be as they come into this finish line area for the first lap side by side? Dodge Automobiles. It is number six, Buddy Baker. Baker going out in front to have the first lap his here in the Alabama 500. Baker on the outside. Charlie Glossback, Georgetown, Indiana on the inside, and their nose to tail in turn two. Charlie Glossback gets his nose out in front. Buddy Baker really pushed the nose out coming off of the fourth turn. Now Baker moves back into the lead. Buddy Baker taking over the lead. Charlie Glossback second. It's a three-car battle through turn three. Here comes David Pearson on the inside. It's David Pearson putting his board out in front of Buddy Baker. Pearson leads the field into turn three. David Pearson standing on it now, increasing his lead to about three car lengths as they head for turn four. Pearson leads him down off that fourth corner, moving up very quickly now. Bobby Isaacs in that second spot. Buddy Baker right behind. Glockbach down on the inside as they head into the trioval. Five cars in a draft to complete lap number two. And out in front it is Pearson. Up comes Bobby Isaac right against the wall as he tries to go around the outside and literally runs out of room at 198 miles an hour. First lap was an average speed of 185 miles an hour, Bob Smith. Buddy Baker moving into second place. That pushes Isaac back into third. Then comes Bobby Allison and Charlie Glock back with David Pearson setting the pace down the back straightaway. Moving down the back straightaway, it's Buddy Baker making a move on the inside. Baker up alongside Pearson, puts the nose of the wing dodge up, but Baker takes the lead going into three. It's David Pearson second, Bobby Isaac third. The leader, Buddy Baker, as the field moves into turn number four. Baker has about a car length separation right now with the second place man, David Pearson, as they come down. It's a beautiful five-car draft coming into the trioval as Baker leads them in. Down they come to complete another lap, and it's Baker out in front, Pearson up on the outside, Bobby Isaac going low, Bobby Allison running right behind him, and then comes Charlie Glotzback. Incidentally, in the first lap, while the leaders were going 185, Cale Yarborough blasting up through traffic was averaging 191 miles an hour in the first lap, and he's blitzing traffic. Tony Here's Dean. first pit stop right now, Ken. James Hilton coming in in Carter 48. Tony Dean. The field moving down the back straightaway. It's a four-car battle for the lead. Bobby Isaac has taken the lead. Bobby Ellison, Buddy Baker, and David Pearson side-by-side side for third. Now it's Buddy Baker moving up around the outside for second place. Allison right down below him, a half-car length back. Heading into the fourth turn, the leader is still Bobby Isaac. What a sight as they come off that fourth corner with Isaac sitting the pace right now. Right behind him is Buddy Baker and moving up very quickly is Pearson. Back to you. Kaylee Yarborough has come from 21st to 10th in three laps. Lap number three, an average speed of 196.229 miles per hour. And the field bustles down into turn number one.
The lead changes in this pack of lead cars is absolutely unbelievable as they move around this track. One car can go all the way from fifth clear up to first place, moving down this back straightaway. Bobby Isaac has done it, and he's in the lead once again. On his bumper is Buddy Baker. Buddy Baker riding second. Bobby Ellison up to third. Pearson fourth. Glotts back fifth. The second pack of cars led by Pistol Pete Hamilton. Right behind him is Richard Brickhouse, the leader. Bobby Isaac leading the pack into turn number four. Isaac's coming off that fourth turn, running up on some of the slower traffic. Let's see what he does. They move to the outside, coming on through. It's Isaac, the leader. Baker closing that gap as they head into the tri-oval. The bravest race drivers in the world, the Grand National Drivers of NASCAR at 196 miles an hour, completing another lap. With Buddy Baker taking the lead from Bobby Isaac as they hit turn one. Buddy Baker really bashed on it, coming through the tri-oval, pushed his Dodge Charger out into the front. And in doing so, he pulled Bobby Ellison along with him and moved around these other three cars. That puts Bobby Isaac in third place. Charlie Gloss back in fourth and fifth place is David Pearson. It's still Bobby or Buddy Baker leading the field. Bobby Ellison running second in another wing dodge. Then it's Bobby Isaac, Charlie Gloss back and David Pearson in fifth. Pearson dropping back a little bit. Buddy Baker with Bobby Ellison on the rear bumper going into turn four. Isaac's coming off that fourth corner, and right behind him now is Bobby Allison. Allison is the only one in this pack who has not been in the lead. Let's see if he can do it as he heads into the tri-oval. The action intense as the battle up front stays right together. It is Buddy Baker first, Allison second, Isaac third, and the down chemical carpool. David Pearson point. into the pits right now. David Pearson is coming into the pits. Let's go down on pit road to Tom York as he's had another couple of cars in that area and possibly one retiring. Tom York. David Pearson coming into the pits now. We've got a, a runner over there, a communicator to find out what was the deal. Number 74, William Shirey also into the pits. Uh, not too much action down here right now, just some heart-in-the-mouth anticipation by most of the pit crews. Now back to the tower. It's right side rubber for David Pearson in car number 17. Meanwhile, the field bombarding, blasting, barreling off that 33-degree bank with an average speed of 197 miles per hour in the last lap, Barney Hall. Right now, it's still Buddy Baker out front, Bobby Allison right behind him, and what a a battle for this number one position. Never have we seen so many lead changes this early in the race. Eight laps complete. David Pearson back in competition. Pearson gets back on the track in the Holman Moody Golden Blue number 17. We pause now for station identification. It is a war at the present time being waged between the Dodge drivers. Dodge wanting to win this Alabama 500, and they are waging some kind of upfront battle. No one's shirking their responsibilities. Every driver is flat out. Kelly Arborough continues to move along at 194 miles an hour, and he's having to come through traffic and making it. He's all the way up in there now, running with the top contenders as we complete eight laps of the Alabama 500. It's Buddy Baker leading. The number six goes down to turn one, and he's being challenged as he hits turn two. This is Tom York in the pits. Uh, David Pearson has the first tire problem to show up so far. The right side tires were changed on David Pearson, number 17. Thank you, Tom. On the back stretch, Tony Dean. Buddy Baker continues to lead the field. Bobby Allison stays glued to that rear bumper. It's Bobby Isaac in third. And right now, the fastest car on the racetrack belongs to Cale Yarbrough. The Mercury moving past Charlie Glotz back into fourth place. Yarbrough setting his sights on the leaders, and he is flying. Down they come into the main straightaway. The front of the field has car number six, Buddy Baker coming up. Cale Yarborough starting 24th is now in 21st is now in fourth position. Bobby Isaac running the third spot. And here comes the fourth place car, the Mercury Cyclone of Cale Yarborough. 
from Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Kale Yarborough started 21st. He is now his fourth, and he is running six seconds off the leader at the present time. Dick Brooks of Porterville, California, came on pit road and spun there. Let's get a report from Tom York. Let's go to Bob McGinley on pit road. Jimmy Hilden from Inman, South Carolina, was in the pits for three minutes and 53 seconds. A loss of much valuable time with a broken fan belt. Larry Bommel from Sparta, Wisconsin in a 69 Ford, also in with a broken fan belt. However, it appears that he has water pump trouble. They push the car behind the wall, will make repairs, and return to the race. Back to radio control. Can we get a report from Tom York on Dick Brooks in number 32? Tom York. I do not have Dick Brooks' report yet. Number 74, William Shirey lost all pressure. He is behind the wall, out of it right now. A half second. The biggest lead anybody has had is now being enjoyed by the lead automobile, Buddy Baker, in the car number six. We have completed 11, coming up on 12 laps. We'll give you a 10-lap rundown in just a moment, and for sure it looks like we have a blown engine and a car on fire going into turn number one, sliding on the bottom of the track, going up into the third group, all the way to the wall. It hits the wall on the outside, all the way up the 30 to 3-degree bank. The whole rear end on fire and lands on the inside. A report from Bob Smith. Yes, that's car number 81, Dave Alonzo of Mountain View, California, driving a Dodge. He got into the wall up on, up on between turns one and two. He did come down without making contact with any of the other cars. He is now headed in the right direction and is moving slowly down along the apron. I do not believe that he'll be able to make it back into the pit. Car number 81 spinning out between one and two. Dave Alonzo of Mountain View, California, in a Dodge, and that brings out the caution flying. Back to Ken Squire. Marvin Pash, that didn't look like an engine unhinging. A lot of times uh, with these new uh, dry sumps and so forth, when they do blow, they'll catch fire underneath, Ken. That's usually not a serious situation. Only thing bad about it, it usually smokes up inside so bad the driver can't see where he's sliding to. Radio control. This is Smith on the second turn. Alonzo is out of the car. He walked up on top of the dirty bankman and is standing up there. Alonzo is okay. Now back again, Squire. We'll take a look at the average speed on the first 10 laps of the pit stops coming up right now, Ken. Here comes Bobby Allison in, Bobby Isaacs in, Cale Yarbrough coming in, David Pearson coming in, and Benny Parsons. All right, we'll put the stopwatches on those cars for 10 laps. The average speed, 195.030 miles per hour. That's the average speed, and they were running about three inches apart most of the way those front four automobiles. The old 10-lap record was something like 180.338 miles per hour, and that goes back to the last race here. 195 miles per hour average in the first 10 laps. Marvin Panch, how would you like to be out there? That is something, Ken. I swear, the way these boys are going, and they're already coming out of the pit. So we didn't get an actual time on them, Ken, uh, because it came in so quick there, but for changing four tires, uh, today they have to take on four tires each pit stop 
because the reason for that, the left side tires, the left front and right rear seem to be doing most of the wearing. So everybody's set up to take on four at a time. Barney Hall, do you ever report on any of those pit stops? David Pearson took inside tires this time. That first pit stop, Pearson got outside rubber this time. They put inside tires on Bobby Isaac's car. They only put two tires on it also. And I believe Bobby Allison only got outside tires on this pit stop. Ken Squire, this is Tom York. Bobby Isaac spent 30 seconds in the pit. He took on right side rubber and some fuel and back out on the track. Back to the tower. Car number 22 was on pit road and taking Here on comes the leader four tires. Buddy Baker is coming in. Glotzbach right behind him. Allison. And also Richard Petty and Pete Hamilton are coming in. Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama changed four tires in 48.4 seconds. 48 and 4 tenths seconds as they continue to change rubber out here under caution as that car really looped Alonzo's automobile down on the first turn area. We'll give you the 10-lap rundown. The lead car at the end of 10 laps was number six, Buddy Baker, averaging 195.030 miles per hour. Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, running second, would like to win here in Alabama. Running third, Bobby Isaac in car number 71 from Catawba, North Carolina. Fourth, number 21, Cale Yarborough, and don't forget he came out of 21st. Fifth was number 99, Charlie Glotzbach, Georgetown, Indiana, in a Dodge. Sixth was car number 59. That is the 1974 of Richard Brickhouse, up in sixth position. Seventh is number 14, the Bill Ellis car with Freddie Fryer of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Running eighth, car number 72. 72 running eight, Benny Parsons of Detroit, Michigan. Running in the ninth position, number 40, Pete Hamilton of Dedham, Massachusetts, and that's right where he ran in the Daytona 500 and the first 10-lap rundown. Running 10th is number 43, Richard Petty. Running 11th, number 31, Jim Vandiver. And showing 12th is car number 37, Dr. Don Tarr of North Miami Beach, Florida, in a Dodge. Marvin Patch. Ken, on some of these uh, pit stops, uh, the cars that took on right side tires, they went out and dashed right back in for their left side tires. So they made two pit stops. Some of the pit crews must not be set up to change four at a time, so they do two at each time. However, Buddy Baker did change four tires in 50 and 35 100 seconds. 50 and 35. Tell that to your local filling station attendant next time you want your tires changed. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. At the present time, we're showing Richard Brickhouse as the lead automobile in car number 59, but there are a host of pit stops. The pit stops breaking out like the Asian flu here as everybody is diving in here just after that 10-lap rundown. We are now showing on the board Richard Brickhouse as the leader, and we have completed 16 laps of competition. It's interesting to note that in the first five positions, Dodge have four of them. The only one of the Ford products, the Mercury Cyclone, Hale running fourth. Dodge, uh, Ford is running in the sixth position, or was in the 10-lap rundown. Then Plymouth began to make their weight felt. And note that this independent car, the Ellis car, with Freddie Fryer, one of the finest drivers that has come out of the late model sportsman and modified ranks, now showing in seventh position. A lot of people, Marvin, say Freddie Fryer could be the next Freddie Lorenzen. Well, I was over to Birmingham the other night and watched those boys race over there. The folks over there are real fortunate to have a bunch of first-class drivers over there. Cale was over there, and uh, along with the Allison brothers. And I tell you, anyone could win that race over there. It was some terrific competition. Freddie has a younger brother who's coming along pretty well, but this is a good-looking kid who's awfully brave and is tremendously well-coordinated. And right now, Flyer, as of the 10-lap rundown, was showing his seventh, and of course, we've shuffled the deck pretty well with this 
pit stop business coming just after the 10-lap rundown, and everybody looking for an opportunity to get in here and change that rubber, and the situation continues now. Still more cars coming on pit road. We'll go to the pits. Here's Bob McGinley. Cale Yarbrough was in for rubber a little while ago, and here he comes back in once again. Uh, a correction on that, but he was in a few minutes ago. He took on tires, and rightly so, because the right rear tire was completely worn through the middle of the tire. Now, bear in mind, these are a new tire, a slick tire, and, of course, these drivers were very fortunate to have this opportunity of the caution flight. Many of them possibly could have overextended their rubber. However, it's been a drag race every time they come down through here after they uh, work very rapidly, and we've been checking on the two tire changes, which they've been going on with here. Uh, taking one side, it goes approximately 26 seconds with the time running up close to 50 for a complete four-tire change. Back to radio control. A new leader at blonde-haired terror from Timmonsville, Cale Yarborough, number one, some kind of race driver. He came up through like he was running a quarter-mile dirt somewhere up in South Carolina, Marvin. He sure was, Ken, but we just got that report from the pits. He used up a right rear tire doing it, so he better be a little careful because his caution came out on about the 14th to 15th lap, didn't it? And the boys weren't really expecting to make stops uh, until around 32, 35 laps. Let's go again out to turn one and two area, Bob Smith, for exactly what brought this caution out when the Dave Alonzo car got out of shape. Here's Bob Smith. Dave Alonzo getting out of shape between one and two. He did sweep up the 33-degree bank, struck the wall, spun down across the track once again and onto the safety apron. He did not make contact with any of the other cars. Dave Alonzo is from Mountain View, California, driving a Dodge. After the car came to rest down on the apron, Alonzo got out, uh, stood up on the dirt embankment, and uh, was obviously okay. There are safety crews uh, up on the track right now. One of the men uh, clear up on the top of the 33-degree banks, dropping down, stay dry to, to mop up some of the oil that might have been spilled on the track. As soon as they get that area cleaned up, then we'll be back under racing conditions. Take a look at the front of that pack, if you would, as they come down that front straightaway, because Cale Yarborough has uh, none of the hot dogs out in front of him, right on his bumper, about two, uh, three cars separating him and another a hard charger, David Pearson. So uh, the Ford products right now uh, have things in control here in the Alabama 500. Now back to Ken Squire. Tires, what about tires? We asked one of the bravest of the brave, Bobby Isaac. My pit crew has gotten pretty good over the last year. They can uh, they can change with about anybody right now, but this is going to be a whole different story here. We're going to have to change four tires each pit stop, so it's going to be kind of a new deal for everybody. And I think my boys will be right along with everybody else. And his boys certainly are. Harry Hyde's crew doing an excellent job with that automobile. Bobby Isaac, who has been running up in front, and I don't know how many lead changes we've had, but we might check on that. Cale has picked up the lead on the caution. Cale Yarborough in the Mercury Cyclone of the Wood Brothers car, picking up 20 positions in 15 laps and took the lead on the 16th. We are now showing 17 laps complete for the Wood Brothers automobile. Yeah, and that shows where the pit crew is so very important today. I would say this is the first racetrack we've ever been to that uh, pit crews are actually going to end up working harder than the drivers, really. There's going to be a lot of pumping on those jacks to lift up those flames. They pump right underneath the door, lift it up and check two tires at a time, the left side and then right side, and they only are allowed five men over the wall, only five men, and they're really going to get their dollars worth today. Let's go to Tom York on pit road. 
Several people making pit stops now. Ken, Bobby Allison came in for a short stay with, uh, just took on fuel. Dave Marcus made his first stop. He's number 30. Uh, took on fuel. Uh, Hamilton in the Petty Plymouth, uh, number 40. Uh, right tire check, but no tire change and back out again. Back to the tower. Coming up on 18 laps, 47 and 8 tenths miles complete in the event. 47 and 8 tenths complete. And it is some kind of automobile race, although now Kelly Arborough has secured himself a bit of an advantage with some lap cars behind him, as was reported to you. However, when they bunch them up, they'll send some of those lap cars down to the bottom, and under that new regulation, they'll bring up those fast cars so they'll be running nose to tail. Neil Castle's coming back on the track. Let's check with Barney Hall on other pit stops. Well, I think just about everybody in the field has made at least two pit stops, and some of these cars have made three. Just about all the front runners, particularly, have taken on four tires. They all have a tank of fuel, and when that green flag comes back out, they'll be set to race several more laps. Back to you, Ken. We asked Cale Yarborough, who is now leading the Alabama 500, what the speed is like out here on this Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is just flat out running. This racetrack is... Uh a lot easier to run than Daytona. Daytona, as you just said, uh, they took the whole racetrack there to run 194 miles an hour, and I qualified 198.6 here and had no problem whatsoever. The first six places at 18 laps, Cale Yarborough, Timmonsville, South Carolina, in the lead. Number 72 is shown as the second-place automobile, the LG DeWitt car with Benny Parsons of Detroit, Michigan, who is going to stay on the NASCAR circuit this year. This was the ARCA champion of a year ago. Buddy Baker is now showing his third. Fourth is number 71, and that's Bobby Isaac going fifth. Number 99, Charlie Glotzbach running sixth is car number 40, Pete Hamilton. That is of 18 laps. We'll get an official 10-lap rundown at the 20-lap mark very shortly. Dr. Don Tarr of North Miami Beach, Florida, is on pit road. Let's go to Tom York for a report on that machine. Dr. Don Tarr came in for fuel, and he is still there. They're working around it. We have a communicator uh, next to him. They have the back end of the car jacked up, and they're apparently changing rubber and pushing him towards the wall. We'll have a report. Uh, this is McGinley in the south end of the pit area. Uh, just a few moments ago, we had a detailed report from the crew chief of Jimmy Vandiver from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's in a 69 Dodge, and uh, they qualified the car 191.359. The report is that uh, they're running a strategy race, and of course, they're running a few miles slower than the leaders. As a result, they're able to get a lot more mileage out of these new slick tires on a car that's running about approximately seven miles per hour slower than the leaders. Consequently, they can come in, pick up a set of tires, and continue on for quite a while. They picked up right side tires the last time in. They feel they can go a considerable distance at these speeds. Back to video control. We have now been under caution for seven, possibly eight laps. The yellow has remained out, although the track has looked clear down here in the first and second turn. We asked John Bruner, the chief steward of NASCAR, why they take so long so often to get these cars back under green. Can't ask something that the fans in the front straightaway don't understand. We have radio con uh, connections all around the racetrack. And if a man on the third turn tells us there's something on the track, we don't turn the green flag on until that track has been cleaned up. Now, it might look to the people in the stands over here that everything is okay, but uh, until we get an okay from all the way around the racetrack at all points, we don't turn the green on. Getting ready for a restart. They'll be coming down for green this time. They'll be moving up onto that 33-degree bank. There goes the Ford Pace car up there, and they're getting ready to set them loose once again in the Alabama 500 from Talladega, Alabama, from Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. 
slipstreaming down the backstretch at better than 230 miles per hour. Now down into the trioval they come with Kaylee Yarborough out in front running side by side with David Pearson, a lapped automobile. Up the inside moves number six, Buddy Baker, to go under the lapped car of Pearson. He made an extra pit stop, and there's Baker down the inside, charging up, leaning on Pearson as they go into turn number one. Buddy Baker has really been charging as he moved from third up into second place. He moved around Benny Parsons for it, then the Ford of David Pearson, who has lapped. And uh, Buddy Baker is resting on the bumper of number 21, Cale Yarbrough, who came all the way from 21st place to take the lead. Mercury and Dodge in a 200-mile-an-hour battle into the third turn. It's still the Mercury by Cale Yarbrough, followed by the Dodge, driven by Buddy Baker. Baker up right on the rear bumper of Cale Yarbrough now. David Pearson running in the third position, a lap back. Bobby Isaac not far back. They move down toward Bonnie Hall. All right, it's Cale still out front, right behind him. Here comes Baker, moving down on the inside as they approach that trioval, trying to get around. Side by side to the trioval. On the inside, Buddy Baker, the outside, Cale Yarborough, and Cale Yarborough jumps back in front of Baker as he fends off another challenge. On the inside, Baker comes back in turn one. Buddy Baker gets his nose out into the front now. Buddy Baker is in the lead. Buddy Baker getting around Cale Yarborough to take over the lead once again here in the Alabama 500. In third place is the number 71 of Bobby Isaac. Down the back straightaway, Cale Yarbrough drops to the inside. Cale puts the Mercury out in front. Cale Yarbrough in the lead now. Buddy Baker right on his rear bumper. Bobby Isaac about five car lengths back in third. A two-car battle for fourth. Bobby Ellison grabs it. It's Cale Yarbrough into turn number four. Yarbrough coming down into the trioval has about a car length separation between the second place man right now, Buddy Baker. Baker moving up very quickly and coming up through the field is Bobby Isaac. A Sunday afternoon drive at 200 miles an hour. Baker drops on the inside. Kelly Yarborough stays outside, and they're wheel to wheel in turn number one. Down goes Buddy Baker on the inside groove to retake the lead. Buddy Baker knows his way around this speedway as he is the fastest man ever in a stock car going over 200 miles an hour, and he knows how to get by these fastest cars as they come down that front straightaway. Buddy Baker and Cale Yarborough in the lead. Cale Yarborough still on the rear bumper of Buddy Baker. David Pearson, a lap down, makes a move on the inside, pulls up alongside Yarborough. Buddy Baker has it, yeah, and Pearson moves ahead of Cale Yarborough now. He's a lap down, though. It's Buddy Baker by three car lengths in the lead. Cale Yarborough in the Mercury running second. Then it's Bobby Isaac as they head toward turn four. Baker still in the lead as they come into the trial. Moving up through the field, here comes Bobby Allison moving around everybody as he heads down into that trial. Allison being the most aggressive we've seen him at Atlanta he won and apparently it took hold and he wants to win in Alabama and he is challenging back in fifth position trying to move under Bobby Isaac meanwhile Buddy Baker sets the pace and it's some kind of pace lap number three average speed five cars in a draft 199.080 miles an hour that's some kind of Sunday drive Tony Dean moving down the back straightaway is Buddy Baker in the wing drive car number six he moves up high into turn number three. Right behind him is David Pearson, a lap down. Then it's Hale Yarbrough, Bobby Isaac, and Bobby Allison. Allison in the wing dodge, Isaac in the wing dodge, flying through four. Baker coming down into this trioval right now, and he drives his track as though there were nobody out there. He's all by himself, he looks like. He's driving it so smoothly coming through these turns. We talked to Baker the other day, and Buddy says that here at uh, Talladega, the car runs close to the track, which means a spin-out right here on engine blowing, coming into the entrance to Bent Road. Coming down through an automobile, he's got it back under control, and he's coming by our vantage point, and it's number 59, Richard Brickhouse. Brickhouse has exploded an engine, and the car's still rolling. It takes a long time to slow down from 195, 196 miles an hour, and he's still coasting down into turns one and two. He's covered about a mile now as he continues his way since he blew. Let's go back up to Barney Hall. 
Uh, we saw the smoke coming from the car. He bobbled just a moment, kept the thing under control, got down very close to the safety apron and came all the way down through the trioval as the engine was letting go all the way down. Did a magnificent job. Nobody in any trouble. Back to radio control. Pete Hamilton dove in to make a quick pit stop on that one. Yellow is on the track again as a former winner here, Richard Brickhouse, Rocky Point, North Carolina, who won the Talladega 500, has trouble today in the Tom Pistone 1970 Ford automobile. This was the one they thought they could draft with and stay up in the field with, and indeed they did do that. Although they were running five to six miles per hour off the pace, they got in the draft and were dragged along by the faster automobiles. But the engine heated up unhinged, and in lap number 25, it's the end of the day for Richard Brickhouse and the Tom Pistone crew. The Pepsi-Cola car will go behind the wall. We just learned something else on this drafting and passing here at the uh, start-finish line. I've noticed when Buddy Baker set up the pass tail, when he uh, started his pass, before, just as he entered the trial, well, he was able to lead it coming across the finish line. The next time he passed Kale, he started his pass in the middle of the trioval, and he did not take the lead until he passed the finish line here. So it looks like the boys are going to have to uh, start their pass as they enter the trioval in order to beat the, the other car across the finish line. We've got the leader in the pits right now, car number 21, Kale Jarborough, in for a pit stop, Bobby Allison right in behind him. This is Bob McGinley in the south end of the pits. I have with me now Dave Alonzo from Mount View, California, who spun his Dodge down in the first turn. Dave, what happened? Well, the engine let go just, just before I went into the first turn, and it sort of locked up, backed around, and slid up into the wall. Did it slide down onto the grass out of the uh, racing area? Yeah, it skidded after it got up the wall. It clears itself, rolls right down the steep bank, just rolls into the infield. Thank you very much. Back to radio control. Dave Alonzo, who took a ride that I don't think anyone was going to take on a Sunday afternoon, up over the 185-mile-an-hour bracket when that engine came loose, and he took the long ride. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. In the 25th lap, Richard Brickhouse exploded an engine and brought caution out for the second time in the Alabama 500. The 20-lap rundown is here, and the speed has been reduced to 129.932 by these two lengthy caution marks. Laps 13 to 20 under caution, we're under it once again. The 20-lap rundown showed the following. Kaylee Yarborough in front for Mercury Buddy Baker in second, with Isaac running third. As those two Dodges took the second and third, then came Benny Parsons Ford running fourth. Bobby Allison in his Dodge was fifth at 20 laps. Sixth was Glotzback. Seventh was Hamilton in his Plymouth. Eighth was Petty. Ninth was number 31, Jim Vandiver. At that point, 20 laps, we had number 59, Brickhouse running tenth with 11th spot going to car number 32, Richard Brooks of Porterville, California, and running in the 12th position, car number 14, Freddie Fryer of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Those were the front 12 at 20 laps, and we're moving rapidly toward the 30-lap rundown. Wanted to catch you up on that. Let's go to Pitt Road in Tom York. Pete Hamilton came in on the petty blue Plymouth, the Superbird, and uh, took right side rubber. No, no sooner than he'd come around the track than he was uh, flagged in for a second pit stop, and he spent uh, 45 seconds in there for left side rubber and some fuel. Dr. Don Tarr has taken his number 37 Dodge back to the pit area, the garage. He's, uh, he says he will be back. He will be back in this race. Uh, 25 seconds spent by Bobby Allison in the pit uh, for fuel. Now back to the tower. Buddy Baker dropped in about 20 gallons of gasoline in six seconds and came back on the track. The 20-lap record was 173.635, and that is a standing record for world competition, and we have not reached it today because of two caution flags, but 
Don't kid yourself. Without those caution flags, we would have shattered everything in the first 20 laps. And they still could get up and run faster if they don't get any more caution than any previous 500-mile race. Someone that's really driving a real smart race here, Charlie Grotzbad, he told me for, before the race that he was going to charge to the front the first lap or two, get everybody excited, get everybody running, and he's going to sit back and watch them, and that's just what he's doing. <laughs> Radio control. Bob Smith. Uh, over here on the second turn, Brickhouse's engine blew on the fourth turn, but held oil all the way around to the second turn, and they're dropping stage ride down on the track over here to sop up that oil. Uh, Marvin can check me on this, but I believe these cars hold around 16 quarts of oil. Now back to the radio control. On uh, some of these dry sump systems, uh, it varies. depends on the size of the dry sump. Yes, you are uh, very, very close to being right on that. We go to the pit road, Bob McGinley. Cale Yarborough, last time in, took tires on the uh, left side. The right side was A-OK. -okay. Uh, Van Diver has been in for a chassis change. We talked, uh, had our runner talk with the chief steward, uh, uh, or chief of the crew, rather, and uh, he gave us the uh, information that now that there's rubber on the tire, they're switching the weight a little bit on the car to put more on the back. Back to radio control. We have a problem down on the end of pit road, car number 89, which would be Butch Hurst, the Floridian, started out of the pits. His car started to catch on fire. A big heap of fire, 10, 12 feet in the air, came rolling out of the back of the automobile, and that fine fire crew on the pit wall was able to get that extinguished. But the car was brought to a halt, and now they're putting the, speedy, uh, the, the Formula K or Purple K to work on the automobile as it stands on pit road. Butch Hurst of Orange City, Florida, they put the fire out, and he's ready to climb back into that maroon, white, and blue automobile and get back into action. Here's a young competitor who's been trying real hard this year, saw him first at Daytona, and continues to make an effort every time they run. Incidentally, that Speedy Dry crew, when Brickhouse blew the engine, he did a Methodist job, he covered better than a mile of the racetrack from down here in the Tri-Oval area all the way over to where Bob Smith is. That's a long area to pour out the oil and water, and that's what he did. Now we have a backup on the pit road. The NASCAR inspectors, of which there are 14 that work these races, have sent Butch Hurst back into his pit area. He is being sent back. Uh, this is McKinley in the south end of the pit. What possibly could have happened there and does on many occasions, the uh, inspector has a stop and go sign. He stopped Hurst down there with a fuel, full fuel tank. And of course, there was some gas laying up on the fender of the car. When they put the brakes on, it went down, and when he gunned the engine to move out, a flash of flame came out and set the fuel on fire. And of course, the fireman right there on the spot put it out immediately. He's back now getting more fuel, checking over the back end of the car. And there's an inspector there to see that everything is A-OK -okay before the car moves out. Back to uh, Ken Squire. 31 laps are complete in the Alabama 500. We go back on pit road to Tom York. Bobby Allison, the number 22, just come out of the pits. He's apparently having some some uh, brake problem. It's not. Uh, we don't have any extensive information about it, but uh, his crew said just a small problem. He'll probably work that out. He'll uh, be back in for tires and gas in just a moment. They will have made a decision by then. Back to the uh, tower. Butch Hurst, Orange City, Florida, coming on the speedway in car number 89. We pause now for station identification. From the Alabama International Motor Speedway, getting ready for resumption of the Alabama 500, where fantastic laps have been turned one lap in competition at 199 miles per hour, and that will break any record for a single lap on any speedway. However, they have not been able to maintain that speed because of two long caution flags. Car number 64 coming on the track, Alma Langley, 
in the Woodlawn Ford automobile gets back into competition. He's an independent who runs every race in the year, getting ready for a start again. Marvin Patch. All the Fords are supposed to be independent here, too, today, Ken. Don't forget. Uh, I had a laugh. Charlie Gray from Ford Motor Company is running around, I uh, understand, at Bristol with his pit pass reading uh, uh, leader of the uh, independents. Lap number 31, 82.4 miles complete in the Alabama 500 from Talladega, Alabama, the world's fastest motor speedway. Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Unofficially at 31 laps, Charlie Glotzbach, Dodge, out in front, Freddie Fryer, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, running second in the Bill Ellis Plymouth. We asked Freddie Fryer what was the part of the track giving him the most difficulty as he was in here practicing in the past several days. Well, I'm having problems off the number four tire. I seem to get crossed up a little bit. Now, one and two, I can go through with no problems whatsoever. When you, when you get crossed up up there in turn number four, exactly what happens and what do you do to get it back? You just keep holding the throttle down and, and try to guide the car to the right, so, you know, to correct the, the looseness in the rear of the car. Freddie Fryer on what to do when you have a little trouble controlling your automobile in excess of 190 miles per hour. We're waiting now on an official rundown as to how we stand with 33 laps showing complete 87.7 miles of the Alabama 500. The field is still under caution after an engine exploded which put the Speedy Dry crew to work and they've had a lot of work to do on this particular engine which came unhinged. Richard Brickhouse had his car come unglued and for a report again on just exactly what happened in that circumstance. We go to Barney Hall. Our brick house was running in a pack of about seven cars when the engine let go, but he very wisely moved down to the inside of the track, getting out of race traffic very quickly, and that's about as long as you'll ever see an engine let go. But at the speeds they're running, when one does let go, they're going to spew oil almost a mile down either the straightaway or the back chute. Charlie Glotzbach, whom you said is in the lead right now, was in the pits uh, about 10 laps ago. He made the fastest pit stop we've seen today. He just came in within about 11 seconds. They looked at all four tires, waved him right on out. Richard Brooks came in. He may have lost a lap there a moment ago. He couldn't get into his pit, and they waved him out, and he came back in a little bit later. Back to you, Ken, at Radio Control. Number 21, Kale Yarborough. As more pit stops have taken place, Freddie Fryer has come in again. Uh, 21, Kale is shown out in front with number 6 showing the second position, which would be... Buddy Baker, and showing third is number 40, Pete Hamilton in the Plymouth up to third position with number 71, Bobby Isaac running fourth. Number 72 has lost a lap in the event. That would be Benny Parsons of Detroit. Benny Parsons losing a lap, and 17 has got his lap back. David Pearson, who was down a lap, has apparently picked that lap up as he's made wise use of the caution flags and driven as he always does in a spirited, flat-out manner, which is representative of the very best of American race drivers, and Pearson, one of the very best of all time. Cale Yarborough, the leader, number six running second, and on the 30-lap rundown, we're now at 33 laps, 93.1 miles. 30 laps, we have an average speed of 131.961 miles per hour. Cale in front, Buddy Baker in second, Pete Hamilton from Dedham, Massachusetts, third, running fourth, car number 30, running the fourth position, Dave Marcus from Wisconsin, fine run by this boy, and this is not his top car. He smashed up his good car last week in Bristol, and he's come out with a car he ran a year ago, and right now is running in fourth position. Fifth is Bobby Isaac, sixth Richard Brooks, seventh Richard Petty, eighth, number 22, Bobby Allison, ninth, number 17, Pearson, tenth, number 99, Glotzbach, and running 11th, number 14, Freddie Flyer, and they are shown in the same lap. 
All front 11 automobiles at 34 laps, 90.44 miles are shown in the same lap. The field continuing to organize and prepare to resume competition in the Alabama 500 as the second caution period of the day. Laps numbers 13 to 20 were run under yellow, and we are now in the 27th lap of a similar situation, this time an engine coming unhinged, which has brought out the second caution period. Again to the pits and a late report from Tom York. We're having a little problem, Ken, getting into the pit area. The drivers are in there. The residents uh, are increasing, some with permanent. Uh, we will have Dr. Don Tower here in just a moment. Apparently, he is out. Uh, also, we have number 74, who is out of the race, number 59, Richard Brickhouse, engine failure, number 81, uh, Dave Alonzo, and his Dodge is out. And I'll have uh, Dr. Don Tower, the Miami physician, for you in just a moment. Let's go on pit road to Bob McGinley. Larry Boomall of Sparta, Wisconsin, his Ford was broke down a little while ago with a fan belt. He lost 17 laps, has been back out there again. We're right directly across from the pit uh, area of Bobby Mossgrover from Keokuk, Iowa. And he has uh, Bill Ward, a relief driver here, who's acting as a pit man. They got down on the uh, track a few moments ago, and he was giving him instructions. Mossgrover is continuing to drive the car, however. While we have this opportunity, we'd like to tell the folks along the line that Although they have slick tires on these cars, they do have a way of determining tire wear. There's a number of holes drilled around the perimeter of the uh, tread of the tire, and the mechanics immediately flop down, check the tires. They look in these little holes. The rubber originally was 9.30 seconds uh, thick, and uh, so they can tell just about how much rubber is left. Consequently, some of the cars are able to only change tires on one side rather than go with what was predicted to be a four-time the four-tire change each time in. Back to radio control. Kelly Arborough, number 21 Mercury Cyclone. He made such a great effort in the Daytona 500-miler and then had an engine come unhinged as he came to the trioval area and did one of the most masterful pieces of driving we've seen in Daytona the six years we've been there. Absolutely fantastic. He's out in front today and still charging. He's just come back in the pits, and that may have cost him that front spot. Kale back in to take a look at the rubber. We asked Kale Arborough earlier this week about the speed limit here at the Alabama International Motor Speedway. None right now. I think if the tire companies... Uh continue to build the tires that they've they've come up with a good tire for this race i think and they've done some work to the racetrack and have smoothed it off and made it uh, a racetrack that we can run on now and i don't see uh why within the next few years we'll probably be running 120 uh 220 230 miles an hour 220 230 miles per hour average lap speed seen in the future by kale yarborough for the alabama international motor speedway now kale spent some time in the pits Barney Hall, does anyone have any time on Kale's last little John on pit road? I got him at about 18 seconds. It was a very fast pit stop. He wasn't in very long and got out. Of course, the Wood Brothers, one of the fastest pit crews in the business, and that explains that. Back to you. Apparently, we're going to have another lap under caution before this one is underway this afternoon. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Getting ready for a start once again. Quickly to the pits in Tom York. Dr. Don Tarr, what happened to the Dodge? Well, uh, we just dropped a little bit of oil pressure after 18 laps, and I decided to come in before I blow the engine and get the track. Were you running well? Oh, yes, running pretty good at the time. Uh, we're well satisfied with it for an independent car. Tough luck, Doctor. Thank you very much. Sorry, right. thank you very much, Tom. Back to the tower now. Field coming down on a start. 
Moving in for a start with number six, Buddy Baker showing the leadership. Number 30 showing the second place position, Dave Marcus, as they come down. The crowd standing, the field wheeling away under green, and the Alabama 500 resumes with car number six in front, and now Bobby Isaac charges up through to challenge Buddy Baker. Bobby Isaac comes up the outside, dives to the inside. A short track operation as he tried to move under Baker, but Baker floored it and stands him off. Bobby Allison is the man who is challenging now as he moves up alongside of Isaac. Bobby Allison taking over second place, and it looks like he's going to drive for the lead. Buddy Baker setting the pace. Bobby Allison right on his bumper. Buddy Baker continues to set the pace down the back straightaway. Isaac around the outside now. Allison running second. Isaac dropping to the inside. It's Buddy Baker by a half a car length through the third turn. Allison second. Isaac third toward turn three. Baker has just about a car length separation as they come off that fourth corner down into the trioval. And look at Allison move up on his bumper trying to go on the outside as they come into the trioval. Right behind him comes Bobby Isaacs in a beautiful three-car draft into the trioval. Allison is up on the outside rim riding. He goes up the outside and finds the hole. He's there. Allison goes out in front. Baker comes back on the inside. And again, they're nose to tail in turn number one. Allison didn't have it very long because Buddy Baker put his nose right out in front once again. Bobby Isaac resting in third place on the bumper of Allison. Allison to the outside and he gets by Baker. Allison takes over the lead. A three-car battle down the back straightaway now. It's Bobby Isaac in the lead. Buddy Baker second. And a third beginning to make a move. David Pearson up in the pack now. Pearson running fourth, making that challenge. Second place is Baker. Isaac the leader. Allison third. Pearson fourth, followed by Glotzbach. Toward four. What a pack of traffic as they come off that fourth corner here to the trial. Right now out front is Bobby Isaacs. Right behind comes Buddy Baker. Then Bobby Allison. Look at Glotzbach moving down on the inside into the trial. Greatest drivers in the world, the Grand National of NASCAR. Three cars side by side, and then 71. Isaac pops out in front. Isaac jumps out in front and moving up on the inside. Allison in second. Baker runs in third. Watts back running fourth, and Pearson in fifth in turn two. Baker gets his nose out into second place once again, and they stand this way. Isaac, Baker, Allison, Watts back, and Pearson. A reminder that Pearson did unwrap himself and in the same lap with the leader. Three wing dodges up front here. Four wing dodges with Watts back. Moving to the inside, the leader is Baker. Now three cars battling for second. Isaac wins that battle. Glotzbach puts in the nose of his dodge up in front of Ellison. The leader is Baker as they move in toward turn four. Baker leads him off that fourth corner. Moving up fast again is Allison and Glotzbach. A real battle back in the pack. Five automobiles as they come into the trial bunch as tight as you can get them. Three cars side by side and up on the outside. It is number 17, David Pearson against the wall. Allison in the middle, glots back down to the inside. Three cars still side by side in turn one. They put the squeeze on and Allison has to back off. Here. Out in front of Baker. Pearson and glots back. Moving around Bobby Allison. Pearson went outside, glots back went under, and they missed Allison. Buddy Baker setting the pace, and on his bumper is Isaac. Isaac continues to stay right there. Buddy Baker putting the wing dodge in front. A three-car battle now for third place. David Pearson puts the forward in third. Pearson by a nose. Now glots back, drives down low. He gets around Pearson back into third place. The leader is Buddy Baker with Isaac on his bumper. It looks like a freight train as they come off that fourth corner. Bunched very tightly, no separation between them. Dropping positions as they come in. Isaac challenging for the lead into the trioval. The big iron of NASCAR, and they've got a dice going. Up in front is Isaac now. Bobby Isaac from Catawba, North Carolina, puts the K&K Dodge in front. Buddy Baker back on the outside, reestablishes himself as the leader of the Alabama 500. Absolutely the most unbelievable race I've ever seen as Charlie Glockman goes to the outside. He nips Isaac and takes second place. Pearson is in. 
first place as they move down in through this trial. 200 mile an hour driver, Bonnie Baker in the lead. Charlie Glotz back in another Dodge Daytona running second. It's Isaac third, David Pearson fourth, and Bobby Ellison fifth. Baker with a one car length lead in the lead. Going into turn number four. Baker running up on some of the slower traffic. Swings to the outside. Glotzbach cuts in on him, and it's a side-by-side -side battle as they come into the trial. Well, Glotzbach may get around him. Inches apart, and they're going 197 mile an hour average speed. Glotzbach takes the lead. He screamed up under a lapped automobile, moved off the left car, and pushed Baker to the outside to get through. Fantastic drive by the Dow Chemical car. And it's Charlie Glotzbach in the lead. Charlie Glotzbach went low to do it. He got on the inside of Buddy Baker to take over the lead. Isaac still holding down third place. Pearson is in fourth place, and he's being challenged by Ellison. A terrific battle down the back straightaway. It's Isaac. Running in third, the leader is Glotzbach. Right on his rear bumper is Buddy Baker. Baker dives low. He can't get around him. Pearson is third in the, or fourth in the fourth. The third place car is a Dodge. The two leaders are Dodgers, and it's Glotzbach in the lead in four. Glotzbach looks like he's leading this five-car freight train again as they come into the trial. Well, it's Glotzbach, and then Buddy Baker, and then Bobby Isaacs, and then Pearson, and then Bobby Allison. Down they come with Glotzbach in front. And right in the whirlwind created by the back end of that automobile is Buddy Baker. They have completed 41 laps, 109 miles of competition. Buddy Baker is on the challenge now as they move through the first and second turn. Buddy Baker's going to try it on the outside. Now he drops back in behind Glotzbach. Isaac is challenging for second place. Buddy Baker dips to the inside. He's up alongside Charlie Glotzbach now. He puts the nose out in front. Higher. Buddy Baker takes the lead. Glotzbach is in second. Baker is taking the lead. It's Glotzbach second. Isaac third. Pearson fourth. Allison fifth. The leader, Baker, in the four. As they come off that fourth turn, I'm wondering how much longer can these five drivers swap that lead like they've been doing for the last ten laps. Baker leads the man. Glotzbach challenging again as they head into that trioval. It is, it is no secret that there is tremendous rivalry between Glotzbach and Baker. They'll shake hands but each one, more than some of the others out here, would like to knock the other one down and win an event. And their competition is up front between those two. Glotzbach's last lap, 198.10 miles per hour as he sails through those slower cars, running 40 miles an hour slower than he is going, dips and dives and weaves his way through. And Indeed, over on three, it's Bobby Allison moving into second place. He just blew Glotzbach right off. Now he has his sights set on the leader, Buddy Baker, as they head through turn four. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker continue to run side by side for first place in one of the most exciting automobile races I have ever seen. Let's go to the pits now in Tom York. Richard Brickhouse, the defending champion this day in the uh, Alabama 500 mile race. Richard, what happened? Uh, Sean, the engine let go in it. I was kind of disappointed because the car was running perfect and handling perfect. You're doing 190 miles an hour going down the straight. You lose an engine. You start smoking. Can you think? Do you have time? Well, it, the car started vibrating. Got a little bit loosened, but I knew right away what was wrong. I'm sorry to hear it, Richard. I'm sorry you out of the race, but good luck next time. Thank you. Thank Richard you. Brickhouse, the defending champion of the Alabama 500, now back to Ken Squire. 40 lap rundown. Bobby Isaac in the lead at that time. Six, Buddy Baker second. Then came Glotzbach. Then came Pearson. Then came Allison, who is now up in front battling with Isaac for the lead. At 40 laps in sixth place was number 21, Kale. Seventh was car number 14, Freddie Fryer, running eighth 
was car number 30, Dave Marcus. Showing ninth was car number 43, Richard Petty. And the speed was down to 124.202, but they're picking that one up in a hurry as we go to Bob Smith. Buddy Baker pushes his Dodge right out in front. Bobby Ellison is fighting with him for the lead. Ali Isaac is also within striking distance, as is the number 17 Ford of David Pearson. Moving up fast as well as Cale Yarbrough, who isn't very far back. The leader is still Bonnie Baker, but Bobby Allison's making a bit around the outside as they head toward Barney Hall. All right, it's still a two-car battle right now in the front row, and these guys are really having a go at it as they come into the trioval. Just about a car length separation as they move down. Baker, the leader, and right behind him comes Allison. We have a new record at Alabama for 40 laps with that speed that was just registered at 124, 202 miles per hour. The old mark was 106. 0.40 as caution had flown considerably in that Talladega 500. So as things now stand, they're heading into new terrain here in speed records at Alabama, but looking for world records, which are still held at Daytona International Speedway for a 500-mile race. Alabama International Motor Speedway will host American Motorcycle Association's National Championship race the weekend of May 15th as the 1970 schedule continues at this magnificent racing facility. During tests at the Speedway recently, the top motorcycle riders in the country toured the four-mile road course at top speeds in excess of 160 miles an hour. The Talladega 200 for bike riders is set for May 15th and 100 riders will battle the twisting infield course and high bank trioval. June the 14th, plan to be in Alabama for the ARCA Grand National Races. The Vulcan 500. Yesterday, Ramos Stott won the 133-mile qualifying Vulcan 500 in his Plymouth Superbird, followed by Prestonburg, Kentucky's Bobby Watson in a Daytona Dodge. And in July, the International Road Course will be testing sports cars in the Sports Car Club of America, earning points toward the Paul Whiteman Trophy that will be awarded in Daytona Beach in August. August 23rd. Grand National Racing of NASCAR returns from the Talladega 500. Plan to attend them all. All these great events from the world's fastest speedway, Alabama International Motor Speedway, Talladega, Alabama. Right for ticket information to Speedway, Talladega, Alabama, zip 35160. A change of leadership as they came to the trioval area. And Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, screams out in front in that very slippery streamline. Mario Rossi, golden red Dodge Charger. And right behind him, Buddy Baker hangs on to him just inches apart as they go up over 230 miles an hour in the backstretch. Tony Dean. It's still Bobby Allison in the lead, but Buddy Baker is challenging. Baker right on the rear bumper. Right to back of him in third place is Bobby Isaac, but it's David Pearson. The field moving through the third turn into turn four. Allison leads them off. This is something you see you just don't believe. You stand here and watch it lap after lap. Allison leads them down into the trioval right now. Right behind him comes Baker as they move into the trioval. And you know, a thought I had, we came in here and looked at this speedway the first time. It looks so far around the thing and so big. And after the cars get out there and run, the speeds they're running, it looks like a half-mile track they go around so fast now. Back to you, Ken. It is Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, a home stater out in front. Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina, drops on the inside. Their wheel to wheel. They come up on two slow-lap cars, and they're going 30 miles an hour faster, and they blast by them in the backstretch. A terrific race. It's Buddy Baker in the lead now. Baker by a half a car length. Now, Allison moving around the outside, reestablishes the lead. Baker right down below on the long side, and Allison moving out in front. Bobby Allison taking the lead as they head through turn four. Allison is out front momentarily, but right behind him comes Baker again as they come down into the trioval. 
just about a car length separation, but moving up, here comes Bobby Isaacs to make it a three-way battle. Make that a four-way battle as number 17, Pearson, gets right in there to mix it up as they go into turn number one. David Pearson said slingshotting is a real factor here at the Alabama International Motor Speedway and being proven with each lap as the lead changes between these four automobiles. It's still number six taking the lead. Buddy Baker right on his bumpers, Bobby Allison and Bobby Isaac next. Buddy Baker continues to set the pace. Bobby, I Bobby Allison moved to that rear bumper. They're heading up towards turn number three. Now it's still Buddy Baker in the Dodge in the lead. Second is Allison. Third, Isaac. Fourth, David Pearson. Cale Yarbrough ruined by us. And he's not far off. We have, we have trouble in the backstretch. Charlie Glotzbach is slowing down. Charlie Glotzbach is slowing down. Tony Dean. Glotzbach moving down in front of us very slowly. He's dropped down to the lowest groove on the racetrack. Something is wrong because he isn't moving very fast. Back to radio control. Cale Yarborough made a pit stop just as the yellow came out. Glotzbach having trouble and caution is out around the track. Did anybody see him drop anything? Unanimity and silence here, so apparently nothing came off. It Lots could back, be right look. down here in front in the just out of the trioval area is where the problem may have been created that has brought the race back under caution and Glotzbach is down on pit road in front of Tom York. We'll go there in just a moment. Apparently he dropped the engine and dropped everything. In fact, as we look down here about 150 feet, that looks very much like a piston. Apparently Glotzbach unhinged everything, although there was very little smoke from the event. Yet I believe Glotzbach, they're going to put that car back out there. He is in the pits. They're putting rubber on the inside of the car. He looked as though he was having handling troubles when he first came into the pits. But right now, here comes Bobby Allison in, David Pearson in, and Bobby Isaacs is in, and there goes Glotzbach back out. You are right, and I am wrong, and it was rubber, chunks of rubber, as he tore up a tire, and that's what it is. It is pieces of rubber, and you are absolutely right, and I was incorrect. Glotzbach is now coming back on the course, the Dow Chemical car number 99, Charlie Glotzbach of Georgetown, Indiana, who had a tire shred, and he threw pieces of rubber and good-sized chunks, Marvin, down along the track, and it looked for all the world like some tarnished pieces out of the inside of an engine. In fact, I think we even fooled Frank Wiley, who's the Dodge expert here, huh, Frank? That's right, Ken. It looks like a piston down there, but it is, as we look closer, it is a hunk of rubber, and the way it smoked and the way Charlie slowed down on the backstretch, it sure looked like it was an engine. We are at 52 laps. 52 laps have been completed, 138.32 miles. A report on the Glotzbach cruise situation coming up from Tom York after we pause now. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Pete Hamilton blasting back on the track as we are again under caution as there are chunks, big chunks of rubber down here on the course from Charlie Glotzbach's automobile. We'll go on pit road for a report from Tom York. Charlie Glotzbach came in. They put right front rubber on it, gave him some fuel. Apparently he's having some handling problems. I'm not exactly certain uh, whether it's terminal or not. Right now he's back out on the track. Bobby Isaac right in front of us took on four tires and fuel in 45 seconds. He's back out on the track. And right in front of us now is number 30, Dave Marcus, in his Dodge, taking fuel also on right uh, rubber. Now back to the tower. We'd like a report from around the speedway on the condition of Richard Petty's automobile. In number two, he came through one and two very slowly. His engine was running, but Richard was shifting gears as he came by me here on the second turn. 
seems like he might be having some transmission trouble, uh, and he went on into the pit area. Now back to radio control. Petty is now coming down onto pit road. Tower. This is Tony Dean over on turn three. As Richard Petty went by us, he was going very slowly, about 25 miles an hour, and the car, as Bob Smith reported, was running, and the engine was winding up quite high, which would indicate that Petty is definitely having some gearbox problems, possibly losing high gear. Back to radio control. A change of right side rubber on Petty's car while Maurice Petty confers with his brother. That conference, a short one, continues on pit road at this time. Can we have Hamilton is also back in, so both of the Team Plymouth automobiles are on pit road. And the first one out will be Petty. He is coming back on the track. Ken Squire, this is Tom York in pit row. Uh, there are apparently no other problems. All the rest of it will be conjecture. Uh, on uh, number 99, Charlie Glotzbach, he just took gas and left tire. Uh, it was flat, F-L-A-T, flat bad. And he took on a rear tire and took off again. We pause now for station identification. Buddy Baker changing four tires in 45 and two-tenths seconds, and they continue to pick up big chunks of rubber off the automobile, and what a job these safety crews do as they have to get out here while these cars are still running. And of course, slow laps to these automobiles is around 130 miles an hour, and they're out there continually cleaning the track, and of course, they run this business under such tight regulation with these safety crews, and these particular crews have been doing an outstanding job all day. 50 laps are down. Actually, we're at 54 laps, which would be 143.6 miles. We can now give you the 50-lap rundown. That 50-lap rundown had a speed of 134.042 miles per hour. That was the 50-lap rundown, and that would compare with a 133.00, so there's a new record for 50 laps here at Alabama this afternoon. 134.042 would break the record on this track that was established by Richard Brickhouse, but is off the record, established by Leroy Yarborough in Daytona two years ago for 50 laps of 160.133 miles per hour. The standings at 50 laps showed Allison in front, Baker in second, Isaac in third, Pearson running fourth, Glotz back in a Dodge fifth, sixth was Kelly Yarborough's Mercury, seventh was car number 31, Jim Vandiver in a Dodge, running eighth was Freddie Fryer in a Plymouth, ninth in the event, was Dave Marcus in that Dodge, and what a tremendous performance by young Marcus this afternoon. Here was a car that was way down in qualifying. He said he was going to draft all afternoon, and he's done a magnificent job. It might be working out. It might be working out, Ken, and the speed that he's running drafting with his car without the wing on might be just the proper speed to keep him out there longer. Running 10th was number 43, Richard Petty. Showing the 11th position was Dunny Parsons. Showing 12th was Pete Hamilton. And the first 10 cars were in the same lap. The 11th and 12th cars back to Hamilton, a lap back. Then two laps back came car number 32, Richard Brooks. Running 14th was number 06, which would be Neil Castles. Running 15th on the field, car number 68, Larry Bummel from Sparta, Wisconsin. Running in the 16th position was car number 64, Almo Langley of Charlotte, North Carolina. And then running three laps off the field, the 17th position was car number 62 with Ron Kazluski of Troy, Michigan, sometimes known as Ron K. Ron Kazluski in that number 62, running 18th.
car number 39, Friday Hessler of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and his Chevrolet, running in 19th, was car number 07, Cuckoo Marlin, in a Chevrolet out of Columbia, Tennessee, running in the 20th position, car number 10, Bill Champion of Norfolk, Virginia. Bill Champion running in the 20th position. Yes, Squire, this is Tom York in the pits. Here's a significant development with Bobby Allison, number 22 in the Dodge. He apparently has developed a crack in his windshield. His pit crew says it's possibly uh, caused by vibration. There's no decision as to what to do yet. Bobby is still out on the track, as you can see. Now back to the uh, tower. As we continue, we're getting a 56-lap rundown, which shows 17 Pearson as the front-running car, number six, Glotz back in second, then running in the third position, number 14. So Freddie Fryer is back in the third position with his Plymouth, then in fourth is car number 31, Jim Vandiver, Charlotte, North Carolina. And here's a driver that has won here, a driver that came out of the Grand American Series of NASCAR. And if you have not seen Grand American competition, plan to do so. This is an up-and-coming division with some great young stars like Vandiver a year ago, Wayne Andrews in there now, running against some of the greatest professional drivers of them all like Tony London, Jim Pascoe. Can we have one of the top drivers in the pits right now? He's really got some problems. Richard Petty has been in for about 62 seconds right now. They've got the hood up on the car. It looks like they may be working on the distributor or something on the car, and he's still in there with that hood up. Bad news for Richard Petty fans. The Petty Plymouth from Ranaba, North Carolina, has the hood up at the present time. The Alabama 500 is coming to you from Talladega, Alabama. From the Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. From the Alabama 500, Ken Squire and Marvin Pants bringing you one of the greatest automobile races I've ever seen. And Marvin, you've driven in some great races. What do you think of it? This is a terrific race. It reminds me of our Michigan race that we had. Our first one that was so terrific side by side. This year reminds me of it. And with additional speed here, it has to be the greatest. The report is that Charlie Glotzbach tire was cut by debris on the track. And that's what had it come apart. Debris on the track put Watts back in for rubber and brought out the caution, and the safety crew is now all the way down to the first turn, picking up chunks of rubber at this time. To the pits, Bob McGinley. The last time Jimmy Hilton was in, it appears that he had the same problem as Glotzbach. They had to change both front tires, picking up debris on the track. One thing we'd like to bring out, Ken, number 47, Raymond Williams of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Jimmy Crawford of East Point, Georgia, Jimmy, uh, correction, Larry, <coughs> Ron Kozlowski of uh, Troy, Michigan, and Butch Hurst of Iron City, Florida. Now, these are four rookies that are running out here today in the most tremendous stock car race that's ever been staged. You people have been telling about the wild action out on the track, and it has been that. But believe me, these young fellas, along, uh, along with all of the other veterans here who have a little bit slower automobiles, have been doing a tremendous job keeping out of the way of the faster cars. I've talked to many of them on occasion, and they say it seems to be a lot harder to stay out of the way of the fast-charging so-called factory cars as it is to race among ourselves. Back to Radio Control. We checked in with Buddy Baker a little earlier about this business of changing four tires on the automobile, and here's what Buddy had to say. Well, there's a possibility that the left rear uh, tire has less weight than any tire on the car, so there's a possibility that it may make uh, two stops before you have to stop and get a left rear. So this will enable you to change three tires instead of four. But he's changing four in 45 seconds. On pit road, Tom York. 
Richard Petty is back in the pits just a moment ago. He spent almost two minutes in the pits for a complete spark plug change. Apparently, there's a great deal of attrition and spark plugs out there. He's back in now. His crew is working over the engine again. Apparently, only some adjustment, and looks like he's going to get out quickly this time. There he goes. Now back to the tower. Once again, we're getting ready for a start. An amazing race as these Grand National drivers of NASCAR can do it. It's tough out there going 190 miles an hour, 40 cars in the field with some cars going 30 or 40 miles an hour slower. How tough is it? We asked Cale Yarbrough what he felt about these slower cars on the field. Of course, we have to have uh, these independents to, to fill a field and to make a field, but I think that uh, our boys are, are pretty well uh, uh, sharp enough now to know that they have to use the rear view mirror and they have to really be on their toes and really watch out for the fast cars and and in the past uh, couple of years they've done a tremendous job of this and I'm sure that that uh, knowing that we're running much faster here than, ever, than we've ever run anywhere else that uh, they'll even do a better job here. They're doing a fantastic job this afternoon. The race is under green. Back underway. Lap number 50 showing. Lap number 60 showing as they come by with Buddy Baker in front. Jim Vandiver holding that second spot. And we'll break that field down for you in just a moment as to positions as they hammer into turn number one. David Pearson is right up there with Baker. He's alongside of the second place car. And it looks like Pearson moves his nose out in front of Vandiver's car. David Pearson and Vandiver side by side while Buddy Baker holds down the lead. Baker holds the lead, but Pearson is standing on it as they move down the back straightaway. Pearson and Jim Vandiver side by side going into turn number three. Baker out front by about three car lengths. Here's Pearson driving low. Pearson putting a car length out in front of the third place car. Now Vandiver, Pearson takes second. Baker the leader through turn four. Baker comes down on the trial, has about a five car length separation, but moving up very fast are Vandiver and Pearson as they come into the trial. 61 laps complete, 162 miles to the Alabama 500, and Buddy Baker sets the pace. Then it comes Vandiver, and then Benny Parsons, followed by car number 17. That would be David Pearson trying to knuckle through traffic, and he's trapped right there, apparently, in a couple of lapped automobiles as he socked in. Now he moves his way out as Petty goes around him on the outside. Bobby Allison is really charging now as he moves into third place. He's challenging Vandiver for third. Now he moves out. He's in second place. He moves up into second place. Allison out in front by a half car length in second place. It's still Buddy Baker in the lead. Here's Allison driving low. Allison gets out in front of Vandiver. Bobby Allison takes second place. The leader still Buddy Baker about six car length toward four. It looks like they're going to do it all over again to set up the same type of lead swapping they did before. As here comes Baker into the trial and moving up on him is Bobby Allison as they head down toward the tower. Down toward the tower they come. Baker setting the pace with about a quarter of a second advantage over Allison in second. Then number 31, Vandiver running a beautiful race. Hamilton challenges Vandiver on the inside. The blue and white Plymouth, driven by Pete Hamilton, is on the inside groove and taking to the third position. He's Pete still Hamilton. being challenged by Vandiver. Pete Hamilton is charging as he moves into third place. But Vandiver is not going to give up. He moves and goes out and takes over third place. Still Buddy Baker in the lead, but Bobby Allison is coming on strong. Pete Hamilton side by side with Vandiver for third. Allison just two car lengths in back of the leader, Buddy Baker. They're moving through three and still Baker by a car length and a half as they head toward Bonnie Hall. All right, Allison is closing that gap now as they come off the high banks of that fourth corner down at the trioval. Allison pulling up all the time as they come in. He's about a car length behind as they approach into the trioval. It's a battle for first position. Buddy Baker and Bobby Allison ready to do it up. 
Down they go and turn number one as Buddy Baker hammers into the second groove and Allison hangs right on the rear deck as they hit the turn. Now Baker pulls away by about a three-car length advantage. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. This is Ken Squire and Marvin Pants bringing you the Alabama 500, and I'm here to testify you will never see better racing than you're going to see at the Alabama International Motor Speedway. Absolutely amazing. And, of course, you've got the best drivers in the business when you've got the Grand National of NASCAR, and they're proving it time and time again, and here comes the dice up in front as Buddy Baker and Allison square off in a duel. They move up on four-lapped automobiles, and they whistle by them as Hamilton, who's the leading money winner in NASCAR for the year thus far, having earned $53,940 to date in the first seven and nine races of the season and he was not at Riverside, California in eight races thus far this year. Actually seven because he missed one other. Actually six because he missed another. He's up there in third and he's trying to knock on the door, put Plymouth up on the front of that scoreboard for the first time this afternoon, but he's got some going to do. For up in front comes the battle. It's Buddy Baker in the beautifully prepared Cotton Owens car number six Daytona Dodge Charger and the equally beautiful Golden red, car number 22. Mario Rossi's prepared automobile with Allison right there. And now it's a three-car draft as the blue and white number 40 Plymouth gets right up in that draft and the front three cars come down through the trioval, running nose to tail at better than 195 miles an hour. They break it off in turn number one. Hamilton goes to the inside. Pete Hamilton, dead of Massachusetts, is going for second place in the Alabama 500. And Hamilton does it. And Pete Hamilton gets into second place. He's getting up on the bumper of Buddy Baker now and makes it a challenge for the lead. About two carling separating first and second place. Hamilton looking for Buddy Baker now. Baker still in front. Three carlings in front. Hamilton second in the Petty Blue Plymouth. Third is Bobby Allison. Dale Yarbrough moving up through the pack very quickly. Another car moving very quickly is James Hilton who should be up unofficially calling in fourth. The leader over to the fourth turn now. Baker working his way around some of the slower cars, swings wide to the outside, and right behind him comes Pete Hamilton, about five car length separation as they head down into the trioval. David Pearson had to come back in and take on tires. Pearson had to come back in and take on rubber, and he's losing valuable ground. About 18 seconds says it was a right side change of rubber. He's back on the track. The battle up in front is a beauty. In front, it's Baker, the Dodge in front, and the Plymouth, number 40, is on the way, challenging on that 5,200-foot-long, 230-mile-per-hour backstretch. Pete Hamilton driving hard, goes up on the inside as they move toward turn three. They're side-by-side side through turn number three, coming up on some slower cars now. Baker around the outside. Hamilton has to drop back. Now Hamilton drifting up, almost up against the wall. He's two car lengths back and has them side-by-side. It's Baker over toward turn four. Baker moves down, and Hamilton lost a little time on him, but he's picking it up as they come into the trioval. He's back up to about two car lengths behind as they come into the trioval. We've just had a report that Hamilton is running one lap down, gentlemen. The late report is that Hamilton is running one lap down. We had him up there. That is erroneous. And Scorey now reports Hamilton as a lap down. The running at 60 laps had car number six, Baker in front, Pearson in second, and now he's dropped way back. Third was number 31, and doing a fantastic job with 31 was Vandiver this afternoon. Running fourth was number 22, Allison. Fifth, Isaac. Sixth, number 30, with Dave Marcus holding up in there. Seventh, number 14, 
And that's Freddie Fryer. All seven cars running the same lap in the next spot back is Hamilton, and he's trying to unlap himself at this time. He came flying up through traffic, and he hangs on to the back end of Buddy Baker's automobile. And so therefore, in eighth position, Hamilton is running the same race he ran at Daytona, and he's now moving down the inside. Hamilton puts the Plymouth around in front of the Dodge, and he's back in the same lap with the leaders. Pete Hamilton, dead of Massachusetts, winner of the Daytona 500-miler, has put himself back in the lap, but Buddy Baker's not going to stand for that. These two who work out at the YMCA up in Charlotte, North Carolina together, they may have a friendly game of basketball once in a while, but now it's for the goodies. $138,000 at stake in this race, and Baker would just as soon see that number 40 Plymouth behind him in the rearview mirror again. He's working on him in turn four. As they come off that turn, Hamilton opening up a little bit of a separation, but like you said, Baker is hanging right in there. He pulls right up on the bumper as they move into the triable. Hamilton trying to get away. He's not going to be able to do it as Baker hanging right with him into the triable. We are showing 69 laps complete. 183.54 miles. Hamilton staying in the lap, but Baker stays right with him in the draft. Allison begins to pull up again as he wants to make himself known. And Jim Vandiver, driving a beautifully executed race, driven cautiously, moved his way along, slipping through those lapped automobiles, and there's still plenty of lap traffic on the field. And when you can drive at over 230 miles an hour and come up on a car going 180 and make the switches and make the changes and still keep your car under control and not drop kick somebody, then you've got the Grand National Division of NASCAR. That's one thing nice about this track, Ken. It's wide. The banks are highly banked. And when you get to a car, like the driver says, if you get to a man, you can usually pass him. Buddy Baker goes down the inside as he tries to put a lap on Pete Hamilton once again. Hamilton doesn't stand for it. He cuts down as they come on a lap car, and Baker has to stand off the throttle for a moment at turn number one as he closed the door. That's the old-fashioned quarter-mile track trick. And it worked just as effectively on a quarter mile at 60 miles an hour as it does at 200 miles an hour in Alabama. Tony Dean. Moving down the back straightaway, it's still Buddy Baker glued to the rear bumper of Pete Hamilton. Now Baker drops down a groove lower. Baker pulling up alongside through turn number three. Baker puts a car on length and half it out in front of him, and Baker moves back out in front of Hamilton. Into the trioval they come. Baker, right out front, right behind him is Hamilton again, and it could just well be that Pete Hamilton thinks he may be running for the lead the way he's driving this Plymouth. I'm sure he feels like it right now, Ken. Number six, Baker holding command. Number 22, Allison, with a waiting game going for his automobile. Third place car, Vandiver, Glutzbach running fourth. Cale Yarborough, Mercury, Cyclone running fifth. We'll have a count on you shortly as to how many cars are still in this event as we come up on 70 laps of competition, 186 miles complete in this, the Alabama 500 from Talladega, Alabama, the world's fastest motor speedway. Tony Dean over on turn number three. Bobby Allison just moved right up behind Buddy Baker, getting around Pete Hamilton. Only three car lengths separate them now as they move through turn number four. This is Bob McGinley in the pit area, the pit crew of... Uh, Buddy Baker just gave him the sign on the pit board, EZ. That means to slow down a little bit. I guess they don't want to go as fast as they're going at this stage of the race. Back to radio control. And at 190 miles per hour, that's all you get a chance to see are the two letters, E and Z, and you take it from there. Down they go in the turn, and Allison is coming up through on the inside. Bobby Allison screaming to turn one. Extends that automobile, three car lengths in front of the slingshot of Buddy Baker in car number six. 
Tommy Allison getting around Baker. Adelton uh, is right on the bumper of Baker, although he's a lap down as they move down into turn three. Baker coming right back, moving to the inside. Now gets back behind Allison. They get around the slower car, moving through the third turn. It's Bobby Allison still in the lead. Buddy Baker running second. Pete Hamilton, the third position car, as they move through turn, turn number four. What a battle for that number one position as they come off that turn. Here comes Bobby Allison. Right behind him comes Baker as they move into the trial. Let's see if he can get him as he moves down. Here they come for the lead. Allison in front. Baker behind him as they come across the line for 70. Five laps, I believe it is. It is still Allison in front. We'll check those laps for you in just a moment right now from Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. In the 63rd lap, Buddy Baker turned a lap at 196.470 miles per hour. 196.470. We're now up to 78, 79 laps. And a very interesting circumstance is beginning to develop in this race one which we have not seen before in the event, Marvin Panch. The pit crews are giving the signal to uh, Buddy Baker to slow down, but he doesn't seem to want to slow down too much. But some of the cars have already slowed their pace. You take the group with uh, Pearson and Kale and Isaac and uh, that group there, Ken, as you notice, they're losing ground on the leaders. They already had their signal from the pits to slow down a little bit. Now they're trying to get uh, uh, Bobby Allison and and Buddy Baker has slowed down the match to pace. So what is happening is we have two different races going, and the front three cars are trying to force the field, trying to get them out of the conservative element. Uh, Tommy Deedle runs turn three, a lead change. Buddy Baker just got by Bobby Allison, heading through turn number three, back to the tower. Baker and Allison don't want to relent in their pursuit of first place, and they're going quicker than anyone else. Meanwhile, several of the commanders of these automobiles, the chief boss wrenches, have told their drivers, we want you to do it a little differently now for a while because we think the cars may not extend themselves to 500 miles at the pace those leaders are setting. So what's a driver to do? Play his hand close to his vest, lose a race, run it flat out, and have the engine go. That's the gamble they're taking, and we're seeing two different techniques of winning races in this $138,000 event this afternoon. What is real signaling, Ken, is when you slow the pace and still lose an engine. That's when it's really heartbreaking. We now show 77 laps complete. 77 laps complete. Freddie Fryer and Charlie Glotzbach, who continue to smoothly go along through this race. And these are the kind of runners who all of a sudden, when you get to 450 miles of competition, make a big difference in what's happening. The 70-lap rundown had shown Glotzbach as the leader with Allison second, and then showed third, Vandiver. It had shown fourth, Isaac, fifth, number 14, Freddie Fryer, and fifth, Car number 30, Dave Marcus, or rather six Dave Marcus, running seventh, a lap back, Pete Hamilton, and eighth was Pearson, ninth was Kale, tenth was car number 72, being driven by Benny Parsons from Detroit with 11th number 99, Glotzbach. Now that was at 70, and we're rapidly approaching the 80 lap mark, but we wanted to bring you up to date. 134, 144 miles per hour on the 70 lap rundown on this 2.66 mile Alabama International Motor Speedway. The leaders come hustling down off that tri-oval, and they have plenty of degree of bank to get themselves to it in real fast form. Here they come, and Allison is out in front. 
Bobby Allison, Hewittown, Alabama, takes the gold and red automobile up to the wall, streams by one, two, three, four-lapped automobiles led by Frank Warren of Augusta, Georgia. They're going about 180 miles an hour, and they went by them like they were going 35 on a Sunday afternoon drive for a picnic. Bob Smith. The Ford people have set up a three-way draft on their automobiles with David Pierce and Neil Yarbrough and Tucky Parsons all running in a three-way draft, assisting each other and possibly catching up with these front-running Chrysler product automobiles. The lead's running down into the third turn right now. And Buddy Baker has taken the lead again. And going into turn number three, Buddy put that Dodge in front of a Dodge of Bobby Allison. He's leading it going into the fourth turn. Well, let's see if uh, Baker's going to hang out there very long because Allison is right up on him again as they come into the trioval. He's left with a car length back as they move down toward the tower again. Off the turn they come, they're up on a lapped automobile, scream around him, and it's Buddy Baker going into turn number one, and he's moving up. The groove always moves up in a 500-mile race. It starts down on the inside of the track, and then as the day wears on, they go higher and higher on the speedway. And that's what they're doing now, using up that second and third groove as they move into turn two. Bobby Allison doesn't like second place. He's trying to get around Buddy Baker right now. He's going to drop down to the inside and try it as they move into three. It's still Buddy Baker in the dodge, hanging on. Bobby Allison right on the rear bumper. They're heading into turn three. Now Allison drops down low, doesn't try it. Buddy Baker continues to hang on. Allison goes up high now as they head toward turn four. Baker leads them off this fourth quarter as they come down. This is a different breed of Allison. Allison is usually a fairly conservative driver, but today he is going all out. He's right on the bumper as they move into the trial again. Bobby Allison, who's number one in the Grand National points and trying to stay there, is... Dropping the second spot, Buddy Baker showing the front position now. Baker's car number six, Daytona Dodds. The Cotton Owens car is running to the first turn with a two-car length advantage, but they seem to pull them back and forth. On a seesaw out there as those two Dodges continue to rip up the field. Dodge runs first, second, and third in the Alabama 500 as we get to 80 laps, 212 miles of competition, Marvin Bench. I just got a note that Tommy has a... Turn number three, we have a new leader, Bobby Emerson, back out in front now, back to radio control. Buddy Baker has a radio connected uh, talking to Cotton Owens. It'd be kind of interesting to hear that conversation now, Ken, uh, with Cotton telling Buddy to slow down. And Buddy says, no, Alice is not slowing down, but he's not slowing down either. It'd be very interesting to hear that conversation. Here they are. That's right. There's radio control in car number six, and they can talk to Buddy Baker out there. Wonder what they're saying right now as he's right in the wake of car number 22 as they push through the wind at better than 200 miles an hour down through turn two and up into the backstretch. It would be interesting to know if Allison's crew is giving him any instructions also because he is really racing here as he challenges Buddy Baker for the lead. Moving down the back straightaway, it's still Allison with Buddy Baker on the rear bumper. They're moving up into turn number three now. These two cars have changed the lead a half a dozen times in about just as many laps. They're heading toward turn number four. Allison's going to lead him off again, and dropping down underneath, here comes Baker. Baker right on his bumper as they move into the trial. What a seesaw battle for that number one position we've seen since that first green flag came out this afternoon. Back to radio control. The excitement is so intense. Where do you go from here? When they're running 196 mile an hour average, and they're nose to tail, and they just don't quit that kind of business. Allison and Baker stay together. A special hello from the Motor Racing Network to the president of the Automobile Racing Club of America, who's a little laid up, and we hope he's back in fine form soon. Mr. John Markham, who's listening to us up in Toledo, Ohio, this afternoon. His program will be here June 14th, the ARCA 500, the Vulcan race, and that should be some event. 
but we've got one going today. It's a real cooker. Car number 22, Allison continuing on the front burner and boiling right behind him, Buddy Baker, trying to find a place to come by as they come down into the tri-oval, Barney Hall. Now we're noticing a four-car draft going here that's about as pretty as you'll see out there. David Pearson, Cale Yarbrough, Benny Parsons, and Bobby Isaacs were all hooked up a moment ago, and they still are as they go down that back chute. And you can look anywhere on the speedway you want to, and you'll see a race going for position, even way back in the field, back to radio control. Let's go on pit road. We have one of the Petty Plymouths in. Tom York, who is it? Pete Hamilton in the Petty Plymouth, the 40, as he's taking on fuel. And the right side is being jacked up. Apparently, tires on uh, front and rear for Pete Hamilton. And Tony also, Richard. Tony Deed on turn number three. We have another lead change. Buddy Baker moved upside beside Bobby Ellison and just blew him off going into turn number three. Back to radio control. Buddy Baker wants to win this race so very much. He set a world record here. He's gone faster than any man has ever traveled in an automobile in a closed course in the history of the automobile. And he wants to win this race. And he's told us all week long, I have got to do it. This is the one I've got to win. And right now, he's making the most concerted effort you can imagine. We'll take a look at the 80-lap rundown from the Alabama 500 in a moment. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The 80-lap rundown on the Alabama 500. Tommy Dean over on three, hate to keep interrupting, but Bobby Allison just took the lead, passing Buddy Baker. Holy cow, back to radio control. That's nothing new. That's what they've been doing all afternoon out here, just trying to blow the doors off each other for the past 50 miles, and they're just... Vandiver's coming in. Third-place car is in, and they're coming in under green now. Rotsback is in, so Barney Hall, keep your eye out. We may have leaders coming in from here on in, and this could really change things. There could be some separation here. Rotsback has been in. Vandiver's changing rubber. The 80-lap rundown showed a speed of 139.337 miles per hour. At that time, Baker the leader, Allison second, Vandiver third, Isaac fourth. Running in fifth was Freddie Fryer in the number 14 Plymouth. Running sixth, car number 30, Dave Marcus. Then a lap back was Pete Hamilton. In seventh and eighth was number 17, David Pearson. And running in the ninth position, number 21, Cale Yarborough, while tenth spot went to car number 72, Benny Parsons. 11th was number 99, Glassback. 12th was number 43, Richard Petty. Lead changes. Lead changes in 80 laps, 212 miles, 25 different lead changes thus far. And that does not count the number of times they've switched back and forth in the backstretch and in the turns. Some kind of an automobile race. We pause now for station identification. Let's go on pit road to... Tom York. Bobby Mousegrover from Keokuk, Iowa, number 84. Bobby, what, what was the problem? Well, we're, we're running all right, and uh, the head gasket uh, blowed on us. I was watching the you know, temperature gauge real well. All at once, boom, up at 250. I flipped the switch off and coasted her on in. The uh, boys lifted the hood, checked it out, found the head gasket blown on it, so put us out for the day. That's a sign to get out of business, isn't it? Sir, that's a sign to get out of business real quick. Well, if you want to save the engine, it's the best thing in the world. We sure have to save ours. Sorry, Bobby. Tough luck. Thank you very much. Thank now you, Now back to the tower. Bobby Musgrover, Keokuk, Iowa is in. Let's go on pit road as number six is in. That means Buddy Baker is on pit road. Here's Bob McGinley. And they had uh, Buddy Baker coming in pretty near striking the wall as he had to get in in front of Freddie Fryer. I've got the clock on him right now. It's a real fast rubber change on the right side. 
Todd Nowen's very concerned as he checks the front of the car. Now they're jumping around to the back, have it all fueled up. They're going over and taking rubber on the left side as well. As we're waiting for him to complete his uh, pit stop, we have E.J. Trivet from Atlanta, Georgia. His Ford now is behind the wall. Also number 63, Jimmy Crawford of East Point, Georgia, both with engine trouble. We couldn't tell exactly what. Now we see that Baker is just about ready to go. They're going to drop that car off. And here he goes, moving out in... Uh, Exactly, 39 seconds, 39 seconds for Baker as he goes out at roaring speed. Back to radio control. All four tires changed by Buddy Baker. Cale Yarborough was in and came out. Richard Petty has also made his pit stop and taken on rubber. And let's see who's come back in again. That looks like Butch Hurst of Orange City, New, uh, Florida, back on pit road. And the sign is out for Bobby Allison to pit, too. Allison made his last pit stop on the caution. Baker made an earlier stop, and he has been in now for fuel and tires, and he's back in business and looking strong. Here comes Allison down pit road right now, slowing down, having a little trouble getting down in that lower groove. He is coming in right now. Bobby Isaacs was in for a very lengthy pit stop, and Richard Petty had a successfully lengthy pit stop just a moment ago, Ken, but here comes uh, Bobby Allison in right this minute. A whole host of pit stops here as we reach the 90-level mark of the Alabama 500. Beautiful competition, a great automobile race with these beautifully coordinated, strong drivers battling their way around this 2.6-mile track, flat out full bore. Buddy Baker back on the field will pick up new leaders for you in just a moment. We will have new leaders for you after pit stops have been the order of the day. Allison had been showing as the leader. He is now in on pit road. Barney Hall, who else is in? We have Dave Marcus in. Also, Benny Parsons is in the pits right now. Allison gets a fairly quick pit stop. Here he comes going right back out. There goes Parsons out for a fast pit stop also. But Marcus looks like he's going to get four tires on this trip in. Back to you, Ken. Marvin Pinch. Bobby, Al Bobby Allison just made a 26-second pit stop uh, compared to Oh, this is Bob McKinley in the pit area. Number 31, Van Diver, who is in contention, has hot oil. The pressure is low, but they're going to continue. Back to radio control. Compared to the 47-second pit stop of Buddy Baker, but Allison only took on the two right-side tires, and Buddy took on all four. So they're gambling together. Caution will come out as we move toward 90 laps of the Alabama 500. 90 lap rundown upcoming here in this race which is a scorcher for speeds on individual laps but caution flags early in the event have held the speeds down now remember they are running without the side windows in these automobiles bobby isaac when he qualified his car at 199.658 many people said if the side windows had been in the automobile he would have qualified for this race at somewhere around 202 miles per hour for a lap and twisting that much steel down through these corners. That's quite a piece of race driver, and that's quite a husky racing machine he is in. Tony Dean over on turn three. Jim Vandiver moving very slowly on the lower groove of the racetrack. The right front fender on Vandiver's car appears to be hanging loose. You might check it as he goes by. Back to the tower. Let's have a report from the pits. He'll probably be coming on pit road as to what happened to Vandiver's automobile. This is the Alabama 500. Fastest automobile race around from Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. The Alabama 500 is halfway home. 250 miles down, 250 miles to go. Marvin Patch. Vandiver's pit stop, they took on left side rubber, and it was 31 seconds, so he got in and out in pretty good shape. 
talked about these side windows being out of the automobile and asked Bobby Isaac, not running with side windows, what it was like out there on this Alabama International Motor Speedway. I really can't tell the difference as far as uh, the speeds we run and the way the car handling it. It is a little bit dirtier than the car. You get a little bit more rubber and dust in there than usual, but uh, other than that, I don't see any difference in it. Buddy Baker was one of the people earlier in the week who was most upset about running without windows in these race cars, side windows in the race cars. He feared that the handling characteristics of the car might be hampered. Then yesterday, or the day before, he ran a 200-mile-an-hour draft with David Pearson and Bobby Isaac, and when he came in, he had this to give us. I was a little bit uh, concerned about how the cars would handle without side glass, but I've got to make an apology for some of my earlier statements about how we had to have glasses to make a car run around uh, this track in Daytona because uh, actually the car felt better today than I've ever felt a car running that fast. That's Buddy Baker, and a lot of the boys are feeling that's the way they want to go on these super speedways is without the side glass in the machines, although it gets them a little dirtier out there, and there's a little more turbulence inside the car. 90-lap rundown. Number 22, Allison was showing as the leader then, with number 6, Glotz back in second, and 17, Pearson running third. Then a lap back in fourth was Pete Hamilton in car number 40, with number 31 running in the fifth position. Was car, that was Hamilton in fourth running the fifth position was car number 31 Jim Vandiver running six was number 14 Freddie Fryer and running seventh number 21 Cale Yarborough and they were running at 90 laps at an average speed of 143.640 miles per hour and it covered 239.4 miles we now show on the scoreboard a total of 96 laps in the book 96 showing now as we continue the Alabama 500. James Hilton has been on pit road and come back out. Let's go to the pits as Bobby Isaac is now leading after these pit stops. Isaac in number 71 Dodge is the front running car. We go to the pits to Bob McGinley. Uh, Vandiver's uh, pit crew ignored the uh, sheet metal on the car. They washed the air cooler on the front of the car for the cooling system. They put a hose up there and uh, washed it off with a heavy spray of water. They were asked by my runner whether or not there was any sheet metal damage. They said they did not know of any, and they're trying to get the oil cooler to work a little more efficiently. Number 61, Jimmy, uh, correction, number 61 is uh, <coughs> Raymond. Car number 63 was put out. Jimmy Crawford had a broken oil line, and E.J. Trivet lost his oil pressure. Right now, we have another rash of pit stops as some of the independents are moving out here. They're making pretty fast stops, although some of them do not have the air equipment to change tires. That makes them a minute and 20 seconds to change a tire with a hand iron. And that's something we don't see here with the faster cars. Back to radio control. Tom York on the north end of pit road. Henley Gray in a Ford has engine problems. He said he quit before it explodes. He's behind the wall. We have another report here. Dave Marcus uh, had the hood up. He was ordered behind the wall by a NASCAR official. He has a broken shock on the right front. Now back to the tower. That's sad news because Dave Marcus was running one of the finest races I have seen this man run, and I think Marvin would agree that he has tremendous potential to go a long way. We asked Marcus uh, early in the week about what you do on this track, he was telling about having a little trouble coming out of one turn and the car was getting loose. In other words, going into a drift, and we asked him what he did about it. Well, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but uh, coming off a of two is where it'll seem to do it. 
And of course, it only does at one spot, and I just let the car drift out towards the wall, and it just seems to tend to straighten itself out as we get closer to the wall. Uh, we lose that wind turbulence on the side of the car there, then. That was Dave Marcus. What to do when you have a little control problem at over 180? Captain Squire, this is Tom York on Pit Row. I have a, a ringside seat for Dave Marcus activity right in front of me. His crew is exploding into action. That right front tire is up, and they're going to try to replace this shock for him, let him get back in this race. Now back to the tower. Back right to the pits and Bob McGinley. And Jim Vandiver is out of it. That heating problem was not corrected by washing off the uh, oil cooler. They tried it again, but the temperature stayed up. It started to steam a little bit, and now they're going behind the wall. A bill, big, bad break for a fellow who did one swell job out there today in that uh, charger. Back to radio control. Fine young man, this Vandiver, having trouble. We have completed 100 laps, and we've had a collection from scoring. That collection shows number 22, Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, in front. Car number six, Buddy Baker, in second. Number 17, David Pearson, running third. As they were 10 laps back, they're still running the same lap, and they're all hanging together. It's Dodge running first and second. Ford running third of the Alabama 500 with 100 laps up on the board. We've covered 266 miles on this race course, which has the fastest times turned for individual laps, but we may not get a new speed record for a 500-mile race when this one is finally terminated and terminated very shortly. These fellows now, they feel the attrition rate is such that they're getting some open room and they'll be able to go without presumably any more caution flags. Let's hope it's that way. There are no other malfunctions on cars or other incidents which might bring out the yellow. Check up Pearson over the pits right now. We notice he uh, slowing down a little bit a last couple of laps around. Let's keep an eye on him. We'll get back to you in a minute and we'll see what they do to his car. David Pearson's car is in. It looks like right side rubber for the winner of 57 Grand National races in his career. Only one driver has more, Richard Petty. He's the three-time national champion. They're looking over that car right now. A key moment in the Alabama 500 for the hopes of the Ford Motor Company to come through with Pearson and the Holman Moody car. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The Alabama 500 now 102 laps complete. Marvin Pant. Pearson's pit stop was real quick and four tires in 38 seconds, which is real good, real quick. The leader, Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama. Second, Buddy Baker. Third, 17, was showing as third. Now, he was in for that 34-second pit stop. We'll see what that will do to the race. Allison has a 17-second lead at the present time, but Baker is gaining a half second a lap at the present time. Baker moving up one half second a lap. Pit road, Bob McGinley. A little while ago, we were speaking about Freddie Fryer and the consistency of his laps out here. Bill Ellis, each time around, posts the exact speed that uh, Freddie Fryer is turning in that uh, Superbird. This appears that they are definitely sticking to a pre-race strategy to outlast the Chargers and come on strong, coming down the home stretch. Back to radio control. Dave Marcus is back in the automobile race. The Wisconsin runner is back in action once again. Number 30 went behind the pit wall for service, and they've got it back functioning. He is back on the track just coming down. The Lunda Construction Automobile is back in the Alabama 500. Marvin Patch. I'm sure glad to see uh, the way these boys are working down there in this bit. They really work themselves to death. And also, to show you how determined the pit crew and the, and the driver of Dave Marcus is, they went in behind the wall and changed the shock, which broke off, and, and didn't give up, changed it, and got right back out. Coming up on a 100-lap rundown here in the Alabama 500. 
Let's go to Barney Hall. Again, the several cars running real strong here in the race. Deb Simpson is putting on a tremendous performance here from Charlotte, North Carolina. Friday Hatler, whom we've mentioned a couple of times, running real good in this car 39. The efficient rate has not been as badly as had been expected. And right now, we have almost a full field of automobiles still out there running, and you can pick up quite a pack of traffic heading down in front of you right now. One of the strong competitors still very much in this race is an independent named Ben Arnold. Ben had a real problem the other day in qualifying. He came across the finish line at the end of his qualifying run backwards. Going about 180 miles an hour, he slid several hundred feet, and here's Ben what had to say about that ride. Lost the engine. It blew a good-sized hole in the oil pan all over on water dumped out. And the uh, car just got completely sideways. There wasn't nothing I could do about it. And that was a long, long ride. We continue to talk with Ben about it. Stop when he hit the wall. Uh, I don't know exactly how far we went, but it's a good way. He went it over. Seemed like he picked up about 10 miles an hour when he got backwards. <laughs> he went over 800 feet. He can chuckle about it, but it hit everybody's heart in their mouth when it happened to Ben Arnold. Car number 62, Ron Kaslewski, Troy, Michigan, has retired from the Alabama 500. Kaslewski goes behind the wall as the race continues and up in front the Dodge automobiles continue to roll. Ah, uh, this is Bob McGinley in the pit area. Ron Kaslewski has not given up. He came in for a pit stop. The uh, NASCAR officials noticed the black back glass was cracked. They're now, right now, they're pulling the glass out, putting another piece in, and he should be back in competition within a few laps. Back to radio control. We're, back. We're apt to come out with a new lap leader for this event when it's over. Jim Vandiver had the record at 224. Now, he may retain it, although as a lap leader he has not shown today. Then came Tony Lund and Ken Rush at Alabama as far as the laps that they have led events in. Let's see what happens before this one is over. But the story has been the lead changes in this race, which have been phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. And what Marvin Pan said earlier, we saw a great race in Michigan last year where they, they changed some 27 or 32 times before it was over. At halfway, they had changed 25 times here, and at these tremendous speeds, it just goes to show you that wherever you put stock cars, Grand National Stock Cars of NASCAR, you've got a great action sports event. You sure have, yeah. The only reason that uh, Allison has this comfortable lead, which is no longer getting comfortable for Buddy Baker, is that remember the difference in the time of their pit stop. So it'll be very interesting. Buddy's closing uh, every lap. Buddy keeps closing. We'll get lap separation. Incidentally, 107 laps complete. 107 laps complete. 284 miles and 30 cars remain in competition. 30 cars still in the race. Let's go on pit road to Bob McGinley. And here comes Ron Kozlowski. He's back out on the racetrack and they're allowing him to run without a rear glass. He's running without a rear glass. Back to radio control. The 100 lap rundown. 100 lap rundown coming up. We'll have it for you right after this word from Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. 100 lap rundown. Had Bobby Allison the leader, but his lead is dwindling as Buddy Baker continues to pull up. Number 40, Hamilton was third. Then a lap back, 71, Isaac in fourth. Kelly Arborough, fifth in the Mercury. Sixth, number 14, Freddie Fryer in a Plymouth. Seventh, number 17, David Pearson running eighth. Car number 72, Benny Parsons in a Ford. There have been three caution periods in the race, a total of 26 laps. And at 100 laps, 266 miles, 
lead changes, 28 official lead changes, not counting the many times they've swapped back and forth in the turns, and that has been among 10 different drivers thus far in the event. The average speed at 100 laps was 146.020 miles per hour. At 107 laps, it was a square off as Allison and Baker begin to get into it again. Baker is pulling up to challenge Allison. Then, as Hamilton drops back, a lap back showing in third is Bobby Isaac at 107 laps. In fourth is number 17, Pearson. Fifth is Hamilton. Sixth is Cale Yarborough. That's how they stand at 107, and we're showing 110 laps right here. The leader... Number 22, Allison, continuing to try to outdistance Buddy Baker. We're trying to get separation right now on the first and second place automobiles. Allison's lead was 17 seconds. It is now 6.25 seconds. Allison would love to win in his home state of Alabama. Baker wants to win on this track more than any other track. He holds the world record. He set it here. He wants to win this for Cotton Owens in the worst way, and these two are really setting sail at this point, which should make for a dramatic conclusion, and there's still several pit stops ahead, which could change the contest all around before it comes to a conclusion at 500 miles. Marvin Patch. The uh, Buddy Baker is closing approximately a half a lap, I mean a half a second a lap. He, his last lap was five and a half seconds, so you see it's not going to be very long. Bobby's going to have company. Bobby Allison continuing to break away in turn number two, and Baker is trapped on three lapped automobiles. Included in those three are two automobiles that are among the front runners. Isaac, then Pearson, then Baker. And they run a three-car draft down that 5,200-foot backstretch as the competition continues from the Alabama International Motor Speedway. At the Alabama International Motor Speedway, 110-lap rundown coming up in this event. 500 miles of competition, the record for 500 miles held by Jim Vandiver on this track at 156.017 miles per hour. There's a good possibility that may disappear before this afternoon is over, pending the outcome of any more yellow flags. If there's shorties, there's a chance. If there are none, there's a very good chance. However, if they begin to fly as they did early in the race, then the record would be out of sight for this 500-mile race. Baker continues to run right in that draft behind Bobby Isaac and David Pearson, who is now moving by on the outside of Bobby Isaac. Let's go to Tony Dean. David Pearson is right out in front of Buddy Baker. Baker and Pearson, along with Bobby Isaac, have really been closing ground on Bobby Allison. Now Buddy Baker trying to make a move on the inside. Pearson shuts him off. The action moves toward turn four. All right, that's the way they're running as they come down into the flyover right now. Baker may just be hanging on this draft because two cars can run faster than one by himself right here. As he hangs on the bumper of Pearson as they move into the flyover. Down. Down they come with car number six trying to muscle through. Check the hood, please, on car number six, Buddy Baker's automobile, Bob Smith, as he comes to your position. Check the hood on Buddy Baker's number six. Well, keep an eye on it as he comes around. Bobby Allison had a comfortable lead, but right now it's being cut away, and uh, we do not see anything wrong with Baker's hood as he moves down into turn three, catching Tony D. Baker is trying to move around David Pearson. He drops to the inside, pulls up along the left rear fender of Pearson's Ford. Now Baker dropping down, pulling up alongside Pearson. Baker pulling ahead of Pearson, and Baker gets by Pearson. He's gone for Allison. 
Baker has him in sight right now as they come off the fourth corner. All he's got to do is catch him. It looks like Bobby Allison may be coming in. Bobby Allison is slowing down, moving into pit road, and Allison is coming in as Baker goes back into the lead. Back to the Bobby Allison right now. Bobby Allison is in. We just had Bobby Isaac pit, and there is caution on the track. Yellow is coming out. We have caution on the track. Yellow is out. Bobby Isaac had pitted under green, but a fryer had pitted under green. Coming in as the green was still on was Allison. Frank Warren of Augusta, Georgia is also on pit road. Very fine runner and holding up well in this race. Frank Warren coming back out. The race is under yellow. We'll have a indication of the white fours in just a moment. The 110 lap rundown shows number 22 and this will put them together. 22 out in front and six Buddy Baker in second. Number 40 Pete Hamilton running third and those three cars running in the same lap. Running in fourth, a lap back was Bobby Isaac. Running fifth, number 21, Kaylee Arborough. Sixth, number 14. And the number 14 was Freddie Fryer with seventh, David Pearson. And eighth, number 72, Benny Parson. Here comes Pearson back into the pits also, taking advantage of this caution flag. And I imagine we'll see several of the leaders coming in here momentarily. Dave Marcus also coming in right now. There is debris on the track debris on the track at this time and car number 22 is lapped and Allison is having trouble. He started out and now he's backing up. Allison came all the way down pit road, stopped and he's now backing up from the start finish line up onto pit road. He lost a lap. He's continuing to roll back. Has reverse. The question is has he lost gears in the front end department. Now he rolls again. And Allison is away. Not sure what the situation is there, but we'll check it for you after this message from Alabama International Motor Speedway. This is the Motor Racing Network. Buddy Baker is on pit road. The leader is in. It's right side rubber. Allison started to roll out and went by the stop sign and realized he was by it and got on the brakes and stopped to let the pace car and the field go by. He backed up. He backed up about 150 feet. Letting that pace car get by and free up so he wouldn't get penalized. Glotzback is in. Everybody's in. Left side rubber now, and it's rubber all the way around on Buddy Baker's car number six. He's trying to get that machine back on the field and stay up in the commanding position. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, we pause now for station identification. Let's go to the pits for a report on Buddy Baker's pit stop as he's back on the track. Uh, this is Bob McGinley on the south end of the pits. Buddy Baker in, took four tires at fuel and was out in 42 and 4 tenths seconds. Back to radio control. Number 43, Petty coming on. Number 39, Friday Hessler. Jay Thomas of Christiansburg, Virginia, still in business. James Hilton, who was holding up steadily in the event. 110 complete. The speed then was 149.011 Marvin Patch. 46 seconds, Ken, for four tires on Buddy Baker. So they picked their pit stop up over the last one, remember? We had it at 42 on a pit road and 46 here, depending oh. upon when they, <laughs> when they came across, Marvin. But anyway, they're out there and going back at it. Here comes Charlie Glotz back, back into contention. A report from pit road. Here is Tom York. 45 seconds on Bobby Ellison when he changed all four tires, got back out there and then got back uh, into the pit road again for about oh, a pint of gas, and he's back out on the track again. 119 laps complete. We're showing 119 complete. The pit stops continue. Debris on the track has brought out this caution flag. 316 miles complete. 
316 miles down, and this is the Alabama 500 pace car coming by with the field in tow. The first car behind the pace car automobile at number 62 with Ron Kozlowski still out here and making a run this afternoon in the Alabama 500. Cuckoo Marlin coming by. Here's Butch Hurst. As Tom they... York and Pedro. Bobby Alice is in the pits. Uh, Bobby Isaac's in the pits. Dave Marcus in the pits. So is Pete Hamilton and Richard Petty. All of them on the routine uh, tires and fuel stops. Back to the tower. Petty coming on, and he got shut off as he started to come up the outside. Jumping out in front of him came Bobby Isaac. And Isaac's number 71 rolls down pit road in front of Hamilton, followed by Allison. Can't I believe they're having trouble with Richard Petty's car again. They've got the hood up on it. Looks like they may have more ignition troubles. They're spark plugs or something. They've had it up for a long, long time again. And Richard is losing very valuable time on a lengthy pit stop. Back to radio control. Jimmy Crawford of East Point, Georgia, pitting his automobile. And he's back on the track as he remains in contention. Neil Castle's coming on. And Bill Seifert of Skyler, North Carolina. Charlie Glotzbach comes out strong with number 99. It has been a terrific race day thus far. Hill Yarborough in car number 21 had a piece of the debris on the racetrack go through the windshield. The runner said the hole is about as big around as a baseball. A baseball could go through the hole. The Wood Brothers have taped it up and Kale Yarbrough's back out on the track. Dave Marcus also coming back on the speedway with car number 30. Marcus back on the course and we're getting ready for Green to be on furl, I would believe, and possibly another lap as the safety crews continue to work on clearing the track. That job continuing out here by the safety crews, and once there is a report from all the radio control points around the track, they'll set the cars free, but not until they believe the track is safe. Tom York at pit roll. That was spark plug problems with uh, Richard Petty's number 43, and he's back with the change of about three of them. Something we're going to have to watch real close here, Ken. Uh, like they mentioned, uh, Kale has a hole in his windshield. This could be a very serious situation. He could lose that windshield here shortly at these speeds. And didn't someone earlier today say something about Bobby Allison having a little windshield problem? Yes, earlier today they did report to Bobby Allison had windshield problems. Getting down to the tough part of the day, the track getting a little greasy out there, a little slick, and as the reported debris on the track has brought out caution while they cleaned up an area of this 2.66-mile track. It's going to be tough from here on into the finish, but they've got to run it. There's no longer any chance to play it as the Turtoys. You've got to run like a hare from here home and really run. There's no opportunity for conservatism apparently from here on as Baker and Allison have forced the issue so long in this automobile race, and if you want to get a piece of the action up in front, you've really got to go all out from here. And that all out at this time of the day is the drivers have been turning these excessive speeds. And of course, the one thing to remember on a 2.66 mile track is the utter concentration. There isn't any break between pitches, any break between plays. You're going 100 plus, 190 plus miles per hour every time you're cranking a lap off in the front. And with the exception of possibly 34 seconds when you pull on pit road, that's the only break you get in this game. It calls for complete concentration. We're getting ready for a start. You've got to have superior concentration or there's just no chance of ever being a winner. John Bruner Jr. signals for Glotzbach to come out. And following him onto the field comes number 51 as we get ready for a start. Dub Simpson coming out, and the field is under green. Here they come, roaring down out of the trioval, down across the start-finish line. It's number six. Down the inside, Buddy Baker challenging the left automobile of number 17, David Pearson. He gets under him in turn number one. Buddy Baker definitely taking over the lead now as they move through one and two. 
heading down to the back straightaway. David Pearson is on his bumper, but Pearson is down a lap. We're looking for Marty Allison, who is uh, way back in the field. Allison has the ground to cover. And the whole field roars down the back straightaway. And still, Buddy Baker in front. The forward of David Pearson running right behind him. And uh, right behind that, car number 72, Benny Parsons of Detroit, Michigan. Pearson trying to move around the outside on Baker as they move through turn four. What a race Buddy Baker is driving this afternoon. He's been running flat out, and he's not backing off right now as they come into the trioval. David Pearson trying to make up some lost time as he's up alongside as they move down into the trioval. Petty came in again, a lot of smoke out of his automobile, and now he's coming back out. Kelly Yarborough is going down the inside. Meanwhile, a car up in front looks like it's smoking badly. That's car Charlie Glotzbach. Charlie Glotzbach definitely smoking through one and two as he's passed by uh, our leader, Buddy Baker and David Pearson. It's Charlie Glotzbach smoking through one and two. Down the back straightaway, it's still Buddy Baker and David Pearson side by side. Neil Yarbrough right behind him. Meanwhile, Charlie Glotzbach running at a much reduced speed as he moves past us and gets down onto the track apron. The action moves up toward turn number four, and Pearson's in front. Pearson leads him off the turn, but of course David is a lap behind. The leader is Buddy Baker. Baker right behind him, and it's a four-car draft as they come down into the trioval. Pearson leads him in. Baker right behind. Cale Yarborough challenging there now as they move into the trioval. Cale Yarborough tries to dip down to the inside to go through and cannot. Only on to him is Benny Parsons, who's been driving well all afternoon. He stays in that five-car draft. On the inside, it's Buddy Baker going under David Pearson, getting a lap on him. Cale Yarborough right in behind Pearson. Here's Parsons in the LG DeWitt automobile going down the inside. And Bobby Isaac rides a steady fifth back there and waits this one out. Down the back stretch, they go toward Tony Dean. Buddy Baker continuing to set the pace. It's Baker, Pearson, Cale Yarborough, Bobby Isaac, and Benny Parsons running in that order, though not all around the same lap. Buddy Baker continues to hold on, and he's really pawing the coach to it through turn four. Well, we see a five-car craft moving off that fourth corner again, and it again looks like the choo-choo train as they come down. Here's Isaacs trying to move down on the inside and take a lot of cars. He can't do it. Drifts back in. Baker leads him into the trial again. Cale Yarborough down the inside. He pulls up on Baker and runs beside him, and then he, it's Baker pulling away from him as they go into turn number one. Glutzbach has gone behind the wall. Pearson is in front of him. Cale is right behind him. A lap down are those two automobiles. Actually, Pearson just in front is in the lap of the leader, but Baker is right there. Here's Cale. There are three cars side by side in the trioval. Unbelievable. They stack them three deep at 200 miles an hour, and Cale rips up the inside. Hamilton in the draft stays with them. Hamilton, the second place automobile running off the draft of number 72, Benny Parsons. Hamilton said before the race his salvation was going to be drafting, and right now that is the big thing that's going to do it for him, and he's running sixth in this group of cars with Buddy Baker setting the pace down into turn number three. Never have I seen Buddy Baker drive a straight into the race. He is driving this afternoon. He leads the pack into turn three. Cale Yarbrough and the Mercury on his rear bumper. Then it's David Pearson's board. And right behind Pearson is Bobby Isaac. Then it's Benny Parsons. And three car lengths back is Pete Hamilton as they head through four. Baker leads him down, but he knows right behind him is Hamilton trying to make up time. And Pete is coming up real strong. A five-car draft into the 
triumphal as Baker leads them toward that first corner. Baker gets back around Pearson, back around Yarborough, and leads the entire draft. In 120 laps, it was Baker out in front, Hamilton in second, a lap back, Kale in third, fourth is Bobby Isaac, fifth, number 22, Bobby Allison, sixth is David Pearson, seventh is car number 72, Benny Parsons from Detroit, and eighth is car number 14, Freddie Fryer. Those are the top eight at 120 laps, 147.285, the average speed. 29 lead changes among 10 different drivers. Dale Yarbrough just put it right in front of Buddy Baker, and they almost had problems. Now Yarbrough's leading the pack, going through turn four. Yarbrough really turning it on. Kale is a considerable down right now, but he's making a lot of time, and all these fellas are running about as strong as you'll ever see them run anywhere. Baker continues to lead the race. Hamilton closing that gap every lap around. Back to radio control. They slash up through five lapped automobiles in turn number one. Baker leading by about two seconds over Hamilton. Hamilton running about two seconds behind him. Let's go to the pits and Tom York. Charlie Glotzbach is still in the pits. We're trying to get him over here. I think he's having cooling problems. We'll find out what caused him to come behind the wall in just a moment. Bobby Allison into the pits right now. Bobby Allison coming back in, and this would have to be an unscheduled pit stop, but Allison may have trouble. A bad break for Hewittown, Alabama's Allison Week, and he's going back behind, behind the wall. Behind the wall now. Allison is out of the race. Bobby Allison of Hewittown, Alabama, retiring his car. We'll have a report on that for you shortly. Meanwhile, here comes your leader. It's Buddy Baker through the trioval. Buddy Baker completing lap number 121 in the Alabama 500. Correction 131 in the Alabama 500. Buddy Baker. Showing the way in car number six, Ken the Dodge, stay in front of the Plymouth as Pete Hamilton, who won the Daytona 500, leading money winner in NASCAR this year at $54,000. And now Baker is pulling away just a hair. He's up to a three-second advantage as he continues to drive that Dodge wide open as the boy from Scat City, Buddy Baker, flies through turns three and four. Baker moving off that fourth corner. There's a real pack of traffic. He's driving around the slower cars as though they were not even on the track. Never would you see an automobile handle any better or a driver do a better job than he's doing it. Breaking out right now, David Pearson trying to get up there to make it a three-way run as they come into the trial to the trioval they go with Buddy Baker in command, the Charlotte, North Carolina speedster whose family one of the most famous names in the racing stock car annals. The Bakers of Charlotte, North Carolina, young Buddy, going flat out here today, trying to win his first Grand National race of the season. We asked Buddy Baker what he thought of this great speedway earlier this week. Uh, this is probably the greatest racetrack. It was overbuilt as far as the stability area. You go in the corner here, and it's like driving a uh, boulevard as far as uh, control of the car due to the heavier banks. But uh... That's what Buddy Baker thought of the track. It's a boulevard, and he's traveling it down that backstretch at better than 230 miles per hour this afternoon here in the Alabama 500. The competition continuing here in this event as we reach up closer to a finish, and it's going to be an exciting one for sure this afternoon. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The leaders continuing to charge here in the Alabama 500 and doing it at tremendous speeds. They're running 191 miles an hour. We're reaching toward 400 miles of the Alabama 500, and at the present time, we're checking on the number of cars, the attrition rate in the automobile race. Let's go to Tom York. 
Thank you. Ken, I have Bobby Allison just come into uh, the pit road. Bobby, uh, get on the, the earmuffs there so we can hear what we're talking about. Bobby is a pretty disappointed young man right now. Bobby ran a great race. Bobby, what happened? Well, Tom, uh, we dropped the valve and uh, we thought that uh, possibly the engine would keep running because it didn't seem to hurt it too bad at first. It did kick a bunch of pieces of valve out on the pit crew while they were changing tires. You almost jumped the gun when you came out of the pits just a moment ago when you backed up. Did you catch yourself on that on the flag? No, no. Uh, what happened then was uh, something happened to the brakes, and I didn't right. have any brakes at the beginning of the race, and I was downshifting at the stop, and I just didn't gauge it right and went by the pits. Bobby, you got a big super speedway win under your belt. A lot of folks say that, a lot of observers said today that you were running harder and charging more than they had ever seen you on any race. Were you doing something different? No, I. we just wanted to run the race to win, and we felt like we'd have to run hard to win. Uh, that's the only way we believe in racing, and uh, I saw that I could lead, and uh, so I stayed there with Buddy until the, split, the pit stop split us up, and uh, then I just ran a, what I call a good, uh, hard pace, but not wide open. Bobby, you ran a strong race. Thank you very much for talking with us. Tough luck this time, better luck next time. Thank, Thank you, Bobby. Bobby Isaac has just unlapped himself. He is running in the lap of the leaders. He is now running in third place. Buddy Baker is in front. Pete Hamilton is in second. Bobby Isaac is running third. Running fourth is Kaylee Yarborough. Yarborough is a lap behind the front three automobiles. Running fifth is car number 17, David Pearson. And sixth, fantastic performance by young Benny Parsons, formerly of Detroit. However, I understand he is going to move south, reside in the south, and race on the Grand National Circuit of NASCAR for the remainder of the year. This is Bob McGinley in the south pit. Buddy Baker just signaled the crew as he went by with his hand that there's something wrong up front. It looks like the left front tire. We'll check and see if he comes in this time around. Back to radio control. There is no question that Hamilton is playing a more conservative game here than some of the other drivers on the course. And this must be the strategy. This is what he was told to do at Daytona and what Richard Petty has said he did not do in another race. But he is certainly driving this car with the controls on this afternoon. He is holding that second spot, not running as fast as the leaders. In fact, broke off a draft a while ago. And apparently the thinking of the Petty crew is if they can keep the car running at a set pace, Marvin, they can take this one home. I would say, uh, Ken, I would say that uh, Pete Hamilton has been running very, very uh, strong earlier in the race, but he's been playing it real safe. He's been staying out of traffic when they're running side by side and practically bumping each other through these turns. He's been setting Coming back back. Straight away, a car moving off the track, apparently blowing an engine. He moves to the inside, kicking up a lot of dust. He's moving down in front of us now. It's car number 10. That's Bill Champion of the Norfolk, Virginia, and a Ford. We saw a cloud of smoke before he hit the inside of the racetrack. He has the car under control, moving up to the pit apron now, and he'll be headed in back to radio control. Freddie Flyer is coming back on the track, which remains under green, and we are showing now 136 laps complete. 136 complete in the Alabama 500. That's 361 miles down. Hamilton coming by the second place automobile. Isaac running beautifully in the K&K car for Harry Hyde. Marvin Patch. We just, we just blocked uh, Bobby Isaac uh, at 193 miles an hour. Again, he's really putting it, uh, turning it down. He wants to get back in there with the leaders, and he already has unwrapped himself, so we can watch for him coming up very shortly. Bob Smith. 
Uh, that was not me calling in. Uh, somebody else I was watching. Uh... All right, let's go to Bob McGinley. We're having a problem with the Cotton Owens crew once again. They, they had to signal three times from Baker that there's something wrong up front. They gave him the sign EZ. He looks over at the crew this time. The board is blank. Cotton Owens is talking to the fellow with the clocks, and there's a signal now in the pit there making some kind of guess. Caution is on the track. Yellow is coming out. Caution is on the course. Yellow is out around the speedway. And watch for the pit stops now, Barney Hall. Tom York. Yes. Bob McGinley, because here's where it's going to happen right now. A crucial point in this race. Now, Isaac, again, has been scorching some laps up to 193 miles per hour. He's going to be coming in here and apparently getting ready to make a run for the finish. Number six, Buddy Baker may have a chance under caution to take care of that little situation which developed. And that's the kind of thing these drivers pray for a caution flag to come out on when they're leading a race. That gives them the opportunity to dive into the pits and have these master mechanics, these doctors of motors, go to work and get these cars back on the speedway. A thought from Marvin Pansch on that, right after this word from Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The caution continues to be unfurled. Yellow flag out by John Bruder Jr. here in the Alabama 500, and now we have three cars running together. Number six, Baker. Number 40, Hamilton. And number 71, Isaac. All three will be running nose to tail, presumably, unless something unusual, unforeseen, happens on pit road. Here comes something down pit road right now in the form of Buddy Baker, David Pearson, Pete Hamilton, Cale Yarrow, Freddie Fryer, Neil Castles, and Elmo Langley. And look at the activity going on in the pits right now. As Dave Marsis pulls out, and if you ever get a chance to go to a Grand National race, get yourself a seat where you can see these Grand National crews in action. If you miss a hand play on one of those lug nuts, you may cost a driver $38,000 or more or less, depending upon the event and where it's being held and the size of the event. But it's that crucial. And they practice and practice these pit stops until it's, it's absolutely graceful to watch these men in action. They follow these cars around. You never know who they are. Hamilton is coming out first. Hamilton is on the course. Plymouth is on the course. Baker is still out. Now, if Baker is still in, Baker is still in the pits. And Isaac, just Baker and Isaac went out. So now it would be Isaac in front and Hamilton in second. Am I correct on that, Marvin? Isaac didn't make a stop, but he did pass uh, uh, Buddy while he's sitting in the pit. So this push should put him in uh, second place. So it's going to be very, very close. Although Bobby will have to make another, uh, will have to make a pit stop. But if he works it right here on the course, and he should be right in, uh, uh, right in and out. Uh, uh, Cotton Owens' pit stop was 49 and a half seconds. Cuckoo Marlin coming out. I think we may have confused some folks, so let's go over Marvin. Who is number one, number two, and number three? Actually, uh, uh, this should, uh, the way I see it here, this should put car number 40, Pete Hamilton, in the lead, and Bobby Isaac running second with. David, or not David Pearson, but with Buddy Baker running third. Uh, Rod will depend here because I think uh, Bobby Isaac will have to make another pit stop here on the caution, and he, but he'll still be in real good shape. He'll be right behind him on the start if he does this. The yellow remains out on the course. The caution remains out, and we'll presumably see these cars dive back in. Here they come, Barney Hall. I believe Hamilton is coming back in, possibly because he only got two tires, and uh, Baker took four that trip, so that might make a big difference as Hamilton's got to come back in. Let's keep an eye out and see if Buddy Baker does. He shouldn't have to come back in. 
Hamilton is in. Bobby Isaac is in. Baker coasts on around the outside of the tri-oval in good shape. And Baker is the leader. This Tom York in the pit, Speed Hamilton is signaling violently to clean his windshield. He's got a lot of uh, fog and vapor problems. But now he's out again. Back to the tower. So it's a battle. Dodge and Plymouth up in front as they continue this struggle. And Bobby Isaac still very much in the picture in the Alabama 500. Hamilton sends the 7-up special back onto the course. The rest of the field coming out. Here is Isaac moving out once again. On pit road, Bob McGinley. And we have a drag race once again as Isaac charges down to get out. The, the official has the green flag up as the pace car has the field on the backstretch. All of the independents are in as well as the front runners, some of them taking two uh, tires. We have noticed that the independents have limited themselves all afternoon to just putting tires on one side at a time. And going by us now is Jimmy Hilder. Car number 68 coming back on the course. Larry Bumalo, Spano, Wisconsin. Here's James Hilton rolling out. And here is Petty, who has had some kind of problems all day, getting ready for Green to fall. The Green is getting ready to come back on the speedway, and two cars are being pushed for a start. They come down pit road. One car is firing. He'll get out in front of the Green. That will be Friday Hessler of Chattanooga, Tennessee. But the other car is still slow on the inside. The field is rolling down. The Green is out once again. Baker comes storming down out of the turn. Hamilton through the trioval area. Back four lapped automobiles. Thunders up through. And the Alabama 500 is underway as Butch Hurst pulls down off pit road and gets back into contention. The race is back underway as two cars planned pit stops just as the green came out of there, back up there and losing time as the green is on once again and Buddy Baker storms down into turn number two. Pete Hamilton is really charging as he gets Buddy Baker inside and heads down into turn number three. Baker looking for the victory and Hamilton is not far behind, just about ten car lengths separate him and Hamilton appears to be the faster of the two cars. Baker with about a 12 car length lead heading into turn number four. with car number six, Betty Baker in command. Car number 40, Hamilton coming by. Then number 71, Bobby Isaac. Those are your front three automobiles. Isaac in third. Hamilton in second. They're running within three and a half seconds of each other. Buddy Baker now lets it out again. He's got to go flat out because Hamilton is there. He saved the machine just as he did in the Daytona 500, and now he's ready to let it loose. As you'll recall, at Daytona, at the finish with six laps to go, he confronted David Pearson in a wheel-to-wheel -wheel dice and came out with the extra rubber, the extra handling ability, and took the race home in a beautiful event. We may be getting down to that kind of a finish again today. Buddy Baker's Dodge storming down through the trioval area. Next comes Pete Hamilton's blue and white car number 40. And then Bobby Isaac comes off the fourth turn, wheels down into the trioval area. One slight miscue, one having to back off the throttle for a lapped automobile, and we'll have a lead change. There is separation on the track, and it is a little lengthy right here. But any kind of a slight problem, any kind of a miscalculation at all, and it's a new game in this, the Alabama. 500. Baker running in very fast company in lap traffic as he moves toward Tony Dean. It's Buddy Baker trailing Buddy Parsons, David Pearson, and Cale Yarbrough, and he's going to have to get around him. Pete Hamilton just going under it. Buddy Baker trying to put those other three cars between he and Pete Hamilton. They're heading through turn number four. It's a 
four car draft again as they come down. That's the way they've been running here all day at Talladega. Cale Diablo leads them down, but Baker is trying to overtake Benny Parsons and get around these first three cars right now. Back to radio control. Baker tries to go up under three cars, and Parsons doesn't give him any room. He can't get through. Now he gets under and puts the nose under and says, here I am, let me by. And that's just what he does. Buddy Baker slams it down through, and he's up there. Now he's running in the draft of Cale Yarborough and David Pearson running right behind Pearson. He leads by three and four-tenths seconds over Pete Hamilton of Dedham, Massachusetts. It's Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina, with 144 laps complete, leading in the Alabama 500, turning laps in excess of 190 miles per hour all the way around in the waiting moments of this automobile race. Baker stays there in the draft, sandwiched in between Pearson and the LG DeWitt automobile with Benny Parsons aboard as they storm down into the trial to complete 145 laps, 385 miles of competition. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. What an automobile race. Buddy Baker out in front for Dodge, and Plymouth has Pete Hamilton running second, and a couple of super avid fans, vice presidents from the Chrysler Corporation, Bob McCurry here for Dodge, and Glenn White of the Plymouth people, can bet they're standing up at this point because everything is at stake as far as these factory teams are concerned in this event. Five and seven-tenths second advantage now as Baker stays in that draft and tries to scoot home. Down they come to the trioval area. Baker is handling just fantastic. He took four tires, the last pit stop. He's weaving around the slower cars. He can drive anywhere on this racetrack he wants to, and he's doing a tremendous job. Back to you and radio control, Ken. Competition continuing here this afternoon. 140 lap rundown. At 140 laps, Hamilton actually had the lead, but that situation has changed, and the speed at 140 laps had come up to an average of 150.346, which is off the speed of 154.16 seconds, which Jim Vandiver did a year ago in the Talladega 500. This Alabama 500 at 140 laps, 372 miles, 150.346 miles per hour. 147 laps showing with number six. The lead automobile being Buddy Baker, Pete Hamilton second, and number 71, Bobby Isaac running third. They are all in the same lap. Then in fourth, a lap back is David Pearson, and fifth is number 21. 21 is running fifth. They go down into turn one. There's one thing that a single car cannot do, and that's beat the draft, and that's what Buddy Baker has going for him as he is in a four-car draft with David Pearson, Cale Yarborough, and Benny Parsons. Hamilton is out by himself, and he's fighting a four-way draft as Baker moves down into turn number three. Buddy Baker keeping his cool, moving into turn number three, right on the rear bumper of Cale Yarborough. Meanwhile, Pete Hamilton beginning to close the gap, and Bobby Isaac back in third is really standing on it. The leaders are in the turn four. Coming down out of the trial again of the four-car draft, and I believe that the four-car draft is helping Baker run a little bit faster. Hamilton doesn't seem to be gaining at the moment, but Pete is pulling up where he can pick up the draft on some of the other cars, and his speed is going to increase. Back to you, Ken. If they gave medals for bravery in this sport where it demands bravery at its highest peak, I'm sure that every driver here would agree that Bobby Isaac is one of the bravest of the Braves. He is an absolute all-out, flat, all-afternoon charger. And I know they try to bridle him sometimes, but I think at this point they've said, Bobby, do your thing. And he's doing it right now, running the way he loves to. That's straight up, flat out. We pause now for station identification. 
Buddy Baker continuing to lead. Pete Hamilton in second. And running third, Bobby Isaac. Buddy Baker said earlier today before the race he had rather run with Kaylee Arborough than anyone I can race with. I can race with him all day. Not getting that opportunity right now to race with him in the same lap, but they're very much bunched together. And there's Isaac slipping by two lap cars, and he just gobbles them up as he moves into turn number one. Radio control. Baker has dropped out of the draft, and Hamilton is gaining on him as they move off to the second turn. It looks like uh, Baker has dropped out of that draft. Check him in turn number three, Tony Dean. Buddy Baker about seven or eight car lengths behind Benny Parsons now, and Hamilton coming up very, very quickly. And Bobby Isaac is really standing on it. Isaac closing the gap. It's going to be a race over to turn four. As they come down, Baker moving up on some of the slower traffic again, and as they said, it's going to be a three-car battle for that number one position in just a few laps because they're really moving up on Baker now. Back to radio control. The pressure on Baker is intense. Better than 30 cars. A lot of slow cars on the course. He's got to maneuver at 193, 194 miles an hour. Needle his way through that field. And meanwhile, Kale and David have put themselves in the same lap with the leaders. And so at this point in the race, it's Baker in front. Hamilton and Bobby Isaac running second and third, beginning to pull up. And the Ford and Mercury contingent, Cale Yarborough and David Pearson, respectively, two of the top chargers of the South, have put themselves in the lead lap. And as the laps run out towards the 400-mile mark, we now have five automobiles all in the same lap, all cranking it out here to win the Alabama 500 this afternoon. Radio control, Cale Yarborough is riding with his windshield practically in his lap. Here comes Cale of the and I believe that's going to be his problem. It looks as though that windshield is caving in from here. Kale is in. Incidentally, Baker's last lap was 190.7. Bobby Isaac's last lap was 193.8. And that's the story. The windshield has caved in on Kale Yarborough's automobile. He's sitting with it more or less in his lap out there. That's kind of an experience at 193 plus miles per hour. I was afraid that was going to happen, Ken, after breaking it. Uh, remember they taped it up here a little bit earlier? I've had the same thing happen to me, and it usually doesn't take too many laps after that that it does end up in your lap, and that's just exactly what happened. Is it hard to breathe? <laughs> Not hard to breathe, but the big problem is you're worried about getting glass. Glass seems to uh, fall around in your seat, and also you have to be careful so you don't get something in your eyes. Bobby Isaac moving up, Hamilton pulling up, and Hamilton is up there. Hamilton has cut better than a, a second off the lead that was established by Buddy Baker. It is Buddy Baker in front with no draft around him now, no one to draft off him. He was using Pearson and using him well, he and Kale. Now he's by himself breaking the wind as he heads down that 5,200-foot-long backstretch up onto that 33-degree bank five-story turn on the north end of the speedway. Baker in front and setting his sights, getting ready to try to gun him down from Dedham, Massachusetts, Daytona champion Pete Hamilton, Barney Hall. They're really closing time on him right now. Everybody has their sights set on Buddy Baker. He's led throughout most of the afternoon, even though we've had a lot of lead changes. Hamilton is really turning it on, moving in and out of traffic on these high banks. And what a race we're going to have for the number one position as Hamilton is closing every lap. Down they go into turn number one. And Hamilton goes up around James Hilton as he laps and They go into turn number two with Baker's lead dwindling. Pete Hamilton definitely is closing up on Buddy Baker as this race draws to a close. Pete Hamilton concerning his car throughout this race, and now he's showing why he did it as he moves down in front of Tony D. About eight car lengths separate the two right
right now. And at the same time, Bobby Isaac is not far back. Isaac is gunning it down the back straightaway. The leader still, Buddy Baker. Hamilton closing. So is Isaac. They move through turn number four. It's Baker moving down again, coming right down into the flyover, and I know he's looking in that mirror and sees Hamilton pulling up on him. He's really standing on it as he moves toward the number one corner. Cale Yarbrough is back in the race, driving without a windshield. I would guesstimate that the fastest car is the third-place car, Isaac. He is flying, but so is Hamilton as he continues to try to move up. And Baker feels the closeness of Hamilton, who cut from 3.4 to 1.2 seconds, the advantage that Baker had. He knows he's there, and Baker is letting it all hang out here now. He's going flat out for a finish. Baker wants this one bad. Tony Dean over in three. Buddy Baker just went right past David Pearson. Baker beginning to stand on it now. He's starting to pull away just a bit from Hamilton. They head toward turn four. Baker coming down through the trial. Hamilton has two cars between himself and Baker. He's really standing on it. Never have we seen driving like this at any speedway in the world. As Baker moves toward the number one corner, Hamilton right behind him. They're going to be tired, but you've got to admit there's some of the greatest athletes in the world today. Buddy Baker is going strong now. He knows there's a challenge, and the signal has been out. The Cotton Owens crew telling him now is the hour. This is it if you're going to do it in the Alabama 500. And Hamilton's had the same word, so has Isaac. So you can imagine what kind of a finish we're going to have. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. 30 laps to go, 158 laps complete, 420 miles are down on this 2.66-mile course. Buddy Baker comes slipping down through the tri-oval, running out in front with Pete Hamilton, muscling under some automobiles as he comes into the tri-oval, lapping cars on the inside or attempting to with Benny Parsons directly in front and then 17 Pearson. Lap cars running in between. Baker trying to move away. Isaac in third place, and he's running about two seconds off that second-place automobile. Pete Hamilton is removed down toward the finish of the Alabama 500 this afternoon. Buddy Baker goes down toward Tony Dean. Buddy Baker sailing by us. He's really standing on it. Baker slams it up into turn number one. Here's Hamilton, not far back. Hamilton got around to Parsons. He's trying to get around Pearson now. And at the same time, Bobby Isaac is really standing on it. The action heads over toward Barney Hall. Baker all by himself as he comes into the trial, but he can see right behind him. Pete Hamilton has one car between himself and Baker as they move into the trial. Baker and a half seconds separating first and second place and Hamilton goes up around Pearson as they go into the first turn as he shakes away the left automobile shakes off the draft and goes looking for Buddy Baker Pete Hamilton who won the Daytona 500 knows where he's going here today and it's right up to the bumper of Buddy Baker moving through turn number two Hamilton has Baker in his sights heading down into three the Mopars are moving this afternoon it's Buddy Baker going into turn number three Hamilton setting his sights on him looking Bobby Isaac not far back and third. Baker runs into turn number four. He's moving hard. Baker still running just about anywhere on the speedway he wants to, but Pete Hamilton is handling the same way as they come down into the trial. Baker going to be running up on some of the slower cars, but he's maneuvered around them all afternoon. Hamilton has his sights set on him as they move down into the trial again. Off they come fighting. Hamilton trying to find Buddy Baker and run on him. The estimation is there will be one more pit stop for Baker. The guesstimate is 174 laps. For Hamilton, 176 laps is when they'll be bringing them in. We now show 
About 160 laps complete. 161 now showing on the board. Tony Dean. One car moved by us very, very slowly. Butch Hurst of Orange City on the track apron. Meanwhile, Buddy Baker goes into turn number three. Hamilton about ten car length track. Bobby Isaac still coming on strong. It's Baker into turn number four. Baker coming down into that trioval again. A moment ago during the last pit stop, Baker took on four tires. Hamilton took on only three. And as if they have to make another pit stop, this could be a big factor in the race. But right now, Hamilton is closing that gap as they move down toward the number one turn. Off they come. It's still Baker, and now he picks up a second. Baker getting a three-second advantage over the second-place automobile. Buddy Baker does look a little stronger than Pete Hamilton as they move through turn number two. Bobby Isaac continues to challenge, and he has Hamilton in his sights, moving down into turn number three and Tony D. Buddy Baker really screaming down the straightaway, hawking that car out of those turns. Baker in the Dodge, Hamilton in the Plymouth. Bobby Isaac running third in another Dodge Daytona. It's Buddy Baker running halfway up on the racetrack into turn number four. Baker running exactly where he wants to run, out front, and he's going to push it all the way. He's not backing off for anybody. Moving in and out of traffic as though he owns this racetrack as he heads into the trioval. There will be one more stop, that is for sure. We're 161 laps into the automobile race. 428 miles are down in the Alabama 500, and we're really shaking it loose for another traditional Grand National NASCAR finish. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The race, the Alabama 500, is something. Kale at 168 miles per hour without a windshield. Imagine that one. Sorry we missed talking on the Motor Racing Network to Martin Doherty, director of the Alabama Bureau of Publicity and Information. Alabama's got some great information to tell about. They've got the greatest super speedway in the world. Each of the drivers in today's race was made a lieutenant colonel on the governor's staff in three race ceremonies by Mr. Martin Doherty here before the race this afternoon. We hope to have him with us for a race like this. There's no time for that. We've got to stay with the action, Mr. Doherty. We'll see you here June the 14th when the Vulcan 500 unfurls at Alabama. Good activity right now as David Pearson is coming in. Cale Yarborough coming in without that windshield. 4.7 second lead, and the reason for that lead, Baker knows he's got another pit stop, and he's willing to take all the gamble right here, run it out, try to get himself five or six seconds advantage, because a second, one second, can make so much difference when this one comes down to the wire this afternoon. The Cotton Nolan's crew will have to go through rubber, add gasoline. The question will be, can his crew go faster than the Maurice Petty crew with Pete Hamilton's automobile? Here's what we're down to. It's going to be that pit stop, and it's coming up very quickly. We're at 162 laps, and for the folks in the grandstand with binoculars, they're going to have their eyes peeled for the action which is bound to take place, 191.520 miles per hour, Baker's last lap, when those cars come down pit road, bring themselves to a halt, and in just a moment, make the difference between first, second, or third place in this great stock car classic, Marvin Patch. Ken, uh, we keep harping about these pit stops. Uh, they're very, uh, they're more important than we uh, let the folks know because, as you remember, every one of these pit stops so far, uh, the Petty crew have been getting uh, Pete Hamilton out just a little bit quicker than they have uh, Buddy Baker on the Cotton crew. So this could definitely be a uh, lead change at uh, the next pit stop. Uh, this is McKinley in the South Pits. Hale Yarbrough had a new set of tires on the right side, plus a new windshield in one minute and 37 seconds. Back to radio control. In the 
in the in the area of the trial where Barney Hall stand by on the pit stops by those two front automobiles. We will want to know about those and what's happening out there. There's been a little Next. communications going on, Ken, between uh, Buddy Baker and his pit crew. We've seen some hand signals, and uh, we've been watching him very closely. We expect him to come in very shortly. We'll keep a tight eye on him. I'd like to remind a lot of race fans in North Carolina, you've got a great one next Saturday afternoon. The North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, 5.8 mile paved track will play host to the first time ever a Saturday afternoon stock car race and the first time on a short track. And that's up at Enix Daly's great facility. And for you, for, well, for all over the country, that is going to be some automobile event. If you can't get there, it's blacked out in North Carolina. Plan to see it. And by all means, if you can, get yourself to North Wilkesboro, North Carolina next afternoon. I understand there are some major surprises and some driver change possibilities for that event, and you'll want to be there to see it for sure. That's always a great race on the pavement. The track is just full of action, and it's all there next Saturday afternoon at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. April 26, the Grand National moves to Martinville, Virginia, to Clay Earl's very fine track. April 30th, they'll be at Columbia, South Carolina, on a half-mile dirt. And Grand National drivers on dirt, if you think they're great, on a 2.6 asphalt track, wait till you see these guys skin up fenders and skin up automobiles on a half mile. They love it. And you'll see them at their best in Columbia, South Carolina. All these boys were graduates of that kind of competition. Then May 2nd, they'll be in Greenville, South Carolina on the half mile dirt. Coming up May 3rd at Ned Jarrett's very fine four-tenths of a mile paved track in Hickory, North Carolina, the Grand National Stars of NASCAR. May 9th, Darlington, South Carolina. And I don't have to tell you about Darlington. If you know anything about racing, you know the name of the game, and the name is Darlington. May 5th, will be at Beltsville, Maryland, the half mile. May 17th, the Grand National at Hampton, Virginia. May 24th, Charlotte, North Carolina. May 28th, Maryville, Tennessee. May 30th, Augusta, Georgia. On June 7th, they go north to where we saw a great race last year, the Irish Hills of Michigan, Michigan International Speedway. And for you folks listening in Michigan today, don't miss that one. That was a tremendously competitive race. And you'll see these the finest athletes in the sport of automobile racing at their very best on June 7th on that two-mile paved track. June 14th, they'll be in Riverside, California. June 21st, to Bryan, Texas, out there on that two-mile two track. Thanks a little higher than Michigan, where they've had some great competition in that last event out there in the Texas 500. So those are some of the dates upcoming. June 26th, Kingsport, Tennessee. June 27th, Greenville, South Carolina. And, of course, July the 4th, you'll want to be with us in Daytona Beach, Florida. Rubble over on turn number four, or turn number three with Buddy Baker. He's throwing rubber all over. Buddy is slowed down considerably. There's rubber trucks on the back straightaway. Buddy is down in the lower group heading into turn number four. They did come off of his car. Back to the tower. Baker down on the apron, moving in. He's coming at the pits right now. He's traveling very slowly as he comes down pit road. And here comes Pete Hamilton right behind him. We'll see if Hamilton's going to come in. No, he's going on around as Baker comes into the pit stop. Buddy Baker is on pit road. Pete Hamilton, dead in Massachusetts, takes the lead. He's across the line. There is a new leader in the Alabama 500. Pete Hamilton of Dedham, Massachusetts, as time runs out in the event, is there. 160, uh, 170 laps coming up down in the book as they really extended those tires. We are showing 176 on the board. Ken Squire, this is Tom York at Pit Row. The uh, pit crew of Pete Hamilton is signaling one more lap and come into the pits. Back to the tower. I have given you incorrect information. 170 laps are complete. It's left and right side rubber for Buddy Baker, Bob McGinley. 
And Buddy Baker with the problems with the right side. A tire got uh, a move on turn number three. Here's a car apparently blowing an engine. He has the car under control. Very possibly he didn't blow it. There was a big puff of smoke. The car is moving into the turn number four area and appears to be slowing down. Back to the tower. Uh, this is McKinley in the south pits. Baker, the left front tire exploded and blew a hole in the fender. He took rubber all around and gas and was out on the track. The fender appears to be okay. There is a big hole about the 12 inches long in the top. Back to radio control. Yellow has not been unfurled. 171 laps now complete. 454 miles. And back on the field once again is Buddy Baker. Pete Hamilton of Dedham, Massachusetts is running the top spot as we get to this point in the automobile race. And Hamilton off the apron. He's coming out of the pits. Hamilton is coming in. We'll wait on this pit stop and then pass it back to our local stations along the network. Here is Hamilton coming in. For a pit stop, we go to Barney Hall. As Hamilton comes in, Baker is coming off that fourth corner. Here he goes. Baker moving by. Pete Hamilton is in. And it's going to be a battle against the clock for Hamilton in those pits right now. Back to you, Ken. Hamilton is up. Right side rubber is going on the car. Hamilton changing your right side rubber. No sign of an indication for left side rubber as yet. He is out after taking on only right side rubber. Here's the third place car, Bobby Isaacson right now also. Here comes Hamilton down pit road like a drag strip going through gears, ripping it up. He is in first place. Hamilton in first, and here comes Buddy Baker tearing after him, trying to find him out there. Baker's got to play catch-up here, and it's a matter of strategy in the pits. Here is Baker through the trioval, going on a campaign, seeking a young man named Pete Hamilton from Dedham, Massachusetts. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. There are now 16 laps remaining in the Alabama 500. Pete Hamilton is in front. Why, Marvin Panch? On their pit stops, Buddy Baker's crew put on four tires. Took them 44 seconds to put on four tires. Pete Hamilton's crew put on two tires and turned loose in 21 seconds. And also Bobby Isaac was in. I did not get a time on him. This is happening too fast, so we'll have to see if the possibility... Buddy Baker blowing right into the trial. Buddy Baker has blown the car. is stealing flame out the back as he moves down in front of the tower again. Baker is out of control. He's sliding all the way he loops the automobile twice. Fire bursting out of the back of the automobile. Clouds of smoke coming from the car. And Baker is done for the day. He slid over 1,000 feet. He climbs out of the car, falls on the ground, picks himself up, and now trots to the sideline and gets a tremendous ovation from this crowd. Buddy Baker, Charlotte, North Carolina gave it everything you could ask this afternoon. And when that car blew up, and literally blew up, there were flames spewing from fore and after the automobile. He held it under control through the trioval. And just when they come back on the track, it finally broke completely away on him. He kept it out of the wall. It looked for just a moment like he was going to plank it in the wall at about 140 miles an hour. Kept it straight and got it down in that big safety area they have here at the Alabama International Motor Speedway. And the car now comes to rest. There's not much you can say after the kind of effort 
a giant like Buddy Baker has made today, one of the finest athletes in this game who stays in such great physical condition all the time and tries so hard, has this kind of a bad break. He was looking for Hamilton, wanting to get to Hamilton. Now Hamilton's going to have his hands full because Bobby Isaac is right there ready to knock on the door. And Isaac loves to charge. The safety crews come out, Wrecker picking up. The Cotton Owens, red, orange, and black, car number six. Dolly Jean over on turn three. Kim, uh, with the yellow flag out, this will bring Isaac right up uh, theoretically behind Pete Hamilton, and we could really see a battle here. Smoke. 50 feet in the air around the car of Buddy Baker. He must be heartbroken. Pearson should be back in here when this thing gets going. All week long, he's talked about winning this one. Psyched himself, as these drivers have to do, concentrating for four solid, well, and today four, because this race has been slow, but better than three hours. There is no relenting. There is no taking the deep breath and dropping the shoulders and waiting to deliver the pitch. They're all at 193 miles an hour, and they are all with someone six inches off your back fender or off your front fender or coming up on your door. And there are slow cars on the inside. And though this track may be relatively easy to drive around, the power to concentrate, to stay on it for this long a time, is what Baker had going for him all the way this afternoon with this fantastic performance, and to have it end like this. You can imagine how that pit crew must feel down there. Bob McGinley will go to you in just a moment. July 4th was where we left off when the action began to get intense. That's big action at Daytona International Speedway. The 12th running of the Firecracker 400 will be taking place at Daytona, and this year's event promises to be the finest of the classics ever. NASCAR's grand national drivers battling each other in one of the most flat-out, full-bore races of the season on that two-and-a-half-mile trioval. This track is the new young king of motor racing. There is no question of that after this afternoon's performance. But the queen mother of all super speedways, as far as any stock car fan is concerned, is Daytona. And that's where they'll be on the 4th of July. And we hope you will be there to see the Firecracker 400. Always a great show. July is a nice time to be in Daytona Beach. Enjoy the sun and surf for the world's most famous beach. And feast on speed at Daytona International Speedway. Here's the leader coming into the pits. Pete Hamilton ducking into the pits right now. Hamilton is in. Let's see where Isaac goes. The racing schedule in July at Daytona, incidentally, includes the midnight running of the Paul Revere 250 for NASCAR Grand American cars, Cougars, Camaros, Mustangs, Javelins, Tiny Lund, and Jim Pascal and all the gang. July 3rd, then at 10 of the morning on July 4th, the Firecracker 400. That's 10 a.m. in the morning. Following the race, you'll still have plenty of time to spend swimming in the beautiful tropical Atlantic at a Daytona Beach. Rider phone for tickets for the Firecracker 400, Daytona. Right ticket office, Daytona International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida. Zip 32015. That zip is 32015. That's ticket office. Daytona International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida. 32015. Hamilton back on the track. 177 down. And Bobby Isaac is first. Bobby Isaac is first. Hamilton is second. Presumably to run nose to tail when this starts. Dodge against Plymouth for the finish. Will Kaiser, how many laps remaining? We are now showing nine laps remaining. Hamilton took on inside tires. They put a little fuel in the car and replaced the two inside tires, and that's all they did to him. He was a very quick pit stop, and he's back, and it's going to be right down to the wire, back to radio control. 
These large telescines here at uh, Talladega are getting their first workout today, and uh, one of them here has had a lap problem once in a great while. That's bound to happen with opening of a gigantic super speedway for its first big grand national race, and this has been a beauty today. And, of course, they've had... Well, it's, it's the problems that seem to follow super speedways in the past year, Marvin, and that is rain. Rained here this morning, but the crowd has come out in good numbers, and they have seen as fine a race as has been run this year, and perhaps in many. I'm sure there are many folks listening that will say, hey, I'll tell you when they ran at Lakewood in 1958, and you should have seen that show. Ken Square, this is Tom York in pit row. We almost had a near calamity here as Pete Hamilton came into the pits and took tires on the right side as he pulled out. Uh, David Pearson came in. We almost had a collision right there, which could have uh, could have been calamitous for both of them. Now back to Ken Square. Marvin Patch. Ken, I made a statement at the beginning of this uh, race that this is one track that uh, pit crews are going to work harder than the drivers. I'm going to have to retract that because these boys have <laughs> been driving, doing a marvelous job. We pause now for station identification. We are showing 179 or 180. 179 laps. 188 in the event. You take it from there. Nine to go. Caution is still on. After a sad moment for Buddy Baker. Bob McGinley, if you see him coming your way, we hope you'll break right in. I know there are a lot of folks in Charlotte, North Carolina that admire this young athlete a great deal and kind of grim down there in Charlotte. I talked to him the other day about racing. I said, you think you'll be in this as long as your dad, who is now 49 years old. He said, my, my father is one in a thousand, and there won't be another round for him for another decade, and I don't think I'll be racing when I'm 49. And he says, and incidentally, he says, I still think my father can come back out here in Grand National and whip the pants on most of these guys, including me. Uh, Ken Squire, uh, down in Cotton Owens' crew, they're taking it just like the champions they are and the veterans they are. Cotton has busied himself cleaning things up, getting ready to remove all of their equipment from pit row. He did assign one of his pit crew to get down to stay with the automobile, which, of course, will be removed by a wrecker. Uh, he was a little bit nervous. Naturally, he smoked a cigarette a little faster than usual, but has uh, kept himself busy. You can tell that he's very dejected. The crew itself has held up like the type of people they are. It all goes with stock car racing. Back to radio control. It's part of the sport of men, the best one. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. We have just been informed from scoring that Bobby Isaac is nearly a lap down. And therefore, Pete Hamilton, Devon, Massachusetts, is commanding the Alabama 500. As it shows how many laps to go, Bill Kaiser. We're getting a lap report. They have just about finished clearing off the track after this disaster for Buddy Baker this afternoon. But fortunately, it wasn't worse than it was. And anyone who has followed these races knows whereof we speak on that. He came through the tri-oval, and it all came unhinged. He kept it under control till he got it down in speed, and when he came out of that tight part, there are eight laps remaining in the event. Eight laps to go. The caution continues on the track from John Bruner Jr., and for sure they want this track safe for the obvious reasons. When these boys are going more than 200 miles an hour, it is a tremendous responsibility, and they will not set the field in motion until they are sure the cars have the best competitive field possible over which to compete. Hamilton of Dedham, Massachusetts, the leading money winner this year who has collected nearly $54,000, is in front with a pretty good advantage 
But anyone who says a race is over before a checkered flag just doesn't know the name of the game. So many times, even a car can have a two or three lap lead. Race be on a white flag and an engine blow, and they will go back to green and finish up another three laps. Incidentally, Montgomery, Alabama has a big one for you Alabamians, and we have a lot of folks in Alabama listening to us today. The 100-lap late model sportsman over in Montgomery, which was rained out last night, will be going next Saturday night. And you know Alabama has the finest late model sportsman circuit in the country. They're showing six laps, six laps now remaining, six remaining. That's where they create such drivers as Red Farmer from Hueytown and the Allison boys as well as some other top runners. Smoky Mountain Raceway, Maryville, Tennessee, their 1970 season opener is coming up on Saturday night, April 18th, 100-lap NASCAR late model sportsman event. Saturday night's thereafter. And, of course, over uh, Dover, Delaware, way Bob McGinley's fine uh, facility for which he spends his time each week. 250-mile Diamond State 250 is coming up. NASCAR Grand American. And that's going to be some race on that event. Showing five, showing six when they get green. Everybody agree? All right, it will be six. And the green is about to be unfurled. Can Pete Hamilton win his second Grand National race in his career? Can he do it at Alabama? The green is on. They've got their boot in it. Here they come. Hamilton is right up there. They say Isaac running nearly a lap back, so Isaac is in front of him. But Hamilton is the lead automobile. Hamilton leading as they go down into turn number two. Bobby Isaac has a little more steam than Pete Hamilton, but Pete Hamilton really doesn't have to worry as he is a little over a lap uh, ahead of Bobby Isaac. Pete Hamilton in the lead, moving down into turn number three. Three up left into turn number three. It's still Bobby Isaac leading the pack, but Pete Hamilton leading the race, and that's what's important. Isaac beginning to stretch it out, going into turn number four. Isaac leads the field off of that turn, but of course Hamilton is the leader. Pete swung a little bit high in that turn right now, but as you said, Ken, this race is far from being over. Just one bottle, just one mistake, and we could have a different winner very easy. As they move as they come to the trioval. Cale Yarborough leaning on Bobby Isaac and getting around him. Cale goes out in front in the draft, but he drops down. Then comes Bobby Isaac, then David Pearson, and Hamilton now plays a waiting game. Hamilton knows he has the advantage. The pit crew has signaled it out. Can he stay? Can the car go the final distance this afternoon and win the Alabama 500? From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. Hold on to your hats. From score, they've just reported Bobby Isaac as the leader. Now, the board shows, shows Hamilton up in front, but a new report, and we just got it from scoring, has Bobby Isaac out in front. So this is some kind of event. It has been so tight all afternoon with so many lead changes. We're getting down to the finish. Isaac is running the three-crowd draft. Up in front of him is number 21, Kelly Yarbrough. Right behind him is 17, David Pearson. Sandwiched in there is the K&K car, Harry Hyde Automobile, well-prepared, and Bobby Isaac blistering the track. Hamilton going in second place as they go into turn number two. That is the latest word we have from scoring, and it is a reversal of the positions that we were given here just a couple of laps back. Wait a minute. <laughs> Take it all back. Gee, Marv, we got more lead changes than you can believe. 40 is shown as the leader. They gave it that from scoring. Bill Kaiser just gave it to us, and now they say, wait just a minute. Hamilton's out there. So Hamilton we will stay with. Marvin, 
I was thinking, uh, wondering, uh, uh, I thought that Forty was leading because uh, he did back off. He did challenge right there, right near the end there, you know. No, he uh, did not. In fact, uh, he came off enough so there wasn't much question. Right. Getting down toward the end. Laps beginning to run down. Two laps to go. Two remaining. And we have as leader... Hamilton in a Plymouth, and that is from scoring. They have reversed themselves, and they have 71. Bobby Isaac running second, and Hamilton has played such a conservative game here. He has come off the pace by better than a second. Feels he has this race won. White flag coming out, so around we come. Getting down into the last lap of this. The Alabama 500, and it has been some kind of spectacular attraction. They let Isaac go underneath it, and he did not take it. Hamilton gets the white flag. He barrels down into Turk 1. Pete Hamilton, former national sportsman champion of NASCAR, is up high. He's off the throttle just a little. Pete Hamilton goes down into turn 2 on his victory lap, the white lap, as he heads down through. Pete Hamilton changes his groove as he moves through two. He gets right out against the wall, and a boy who is going to hit for victory lane once again, as he did from Daytona, heads down into turn number three. Pete Hamilton riding right up against the wall, now dropping down low into turn number three. This is the money lap. Hamilton taking it through three, heading into turn number four toward Barney Hall. Hamilton all by himself back there, moving down off that fourth corner, and if he can get it down to the start-finish line, this is going to be his second super speedway win of the season. Heading down into the trial Toward victory, the checkered flag is coming out. Checkered flag is out. He laps three out of the rails, and Pete Hamilton puts Plymouth Superbird in victory lane at the Alabama International Motor Speedway. Hamilton in car number 40 does it up. The New Englander who came south after winning the National Sportsman Champion, ran Grand National Competition for one year, became Rookie of the Year, then went to the Grand American Series, those Javelins and Camaros, and took a Camaro to 12 victories in one year to establish a record in that division, then went back to Grand National as part of the Richard Petty Racing Team for Plymouth. Puts the 7-Up Special in victory lane this afternoon. Pete Hamilton coming down, taking the checkers, will be headed for victory lane in just a moment, and we'll be there with him. From Alabama International Motor Speedway, this is the Motor Racing Network. The Alabama 500 comes to conclusion. It's a blue and white Plymouth Superbird that does the job at Alabama International Motor Speedway in the first annual Alabama 500. They're waiting in victory lane for the Plymouth to appear. Hamilton spending a moment with his crew and then ready to bring the car down and put it in victory lane. It will be the second opportunity for him to do so this year. Did it first at Daytona in the 500, and that was a, a win in which nobody predicted he would win. He's done it again today. Not any of the racing panel had selected Hamilton to come through today, and again he has shown the experts can be fallible and done it in grand style, drove conservatively, and uh, he gave tremendous credit last time to Lee Petty and Maurice Petty for the way they told him to drive the race, and I think this is the same situation again today, Marvin Panch. He drove a very careful race, held those same positions, worked his way up through, and when it came down to the finish, he was home. The car is now shuffling on down pit road after a little talk with the gang, and they're all assembled on the hood and rear deck of the automobile, and it doesn't matter if you have won as Richard Petty has 103 times in your life, or two times as Pete Hamilton has done in his grand national career. It's the biggest moment there is. Pete Hamilton, Dedham, Massachusetts, has won in Rebel Country today in great style.
Here's Hamilton's Plymouth Superbird being eased down and on the back of it. Nobody up on the front. They don't want to take any chance in that nose assembly. He's being told to bring his automobile in and how to do so. Bobby Isaac getting credit for second place. Third was number 17, David Pearson. Fourth, number 72. What a fantastic finish for Benny Parsons of Detroit. Fifth in the event, number 21, Kelly Yarborough, who drove some laps without a windshield. Sixth was car number 14. And that is the fine performance of Freddie Fryer, the Baron from Baton Rouge, driving the as Bill Ellis Plymouth. the microphones are concerned, so... Victor Lane. And down there, we're getting ready for the interview with Pete Hamilton after And we're waiting right now for them to get him out. And we want the photographers to back up. All photographers stay up on the wall. You girls move on back, please. Way on back. Stay out of the way of the photographers. If you policemen over there, we'll keep them all squared away. And we'll get him out. Uh, sort of happy there, uh, Brother Teddy? You betcha. <laughs> okay, he's out. Let's give him a big hand. Pete Hamilton of Dedham, Massachusetts. Pete, how do you feel, old buddy? Hey, just great. I'll tell you, hey, you can't beat this Plymouth. Let me tell you, you just can't beat it. Well, this is uh, another big super speedway win for you this year, and uh, how did the Plymouth perform this afternoon? Well, real well, uh, Hal. I was real pleased with the car all day. We had a little had a little problem with a flat tire earlier, but uh, fortunately I had a heck of a pit crew, and they, we made up the lap, fortunately, uh, of course, because of the pits, they helped me out a lot. And uh, I, I guess Buddy Baker did have a little problem, but uh, uh, he was real tough today, and I'm sure that, you know, he ran real well also. Well, you folks decided on the last pit stop just to change the outside tires. Uh, Baker changed all four. Of course, he blew an engine there a little later on. But was that the strategy? You think that the uh, two outside tires would have held you the rest of the way? Well, we were going to try to go that way. I think uh, Buddy was gaining a little bit on me. But, uh, of course, uh, the longer we ran, it seemed like this Plymouth ran a little, just a little bit better, a little bit better. And uh, it just felt real good. Okay, congratulations to Pete Hamilton. We'll get Pete around here for some uh, uh, pictures. And... Down in Victory Lane, Hal Hammer talking with Pete Hamilton, who has been victorious in this, the Alabama 500 this afternoon. Buddy Baker's burned and bruised automobile is brought back by Victory Lane as the celebrants continue their activities there. It's a sad crew that brings back this number six, which put on such a great performance here this afternoon, showing from where they put the formula on the back of the car, the chemical powder to keep it from burning anymore, and the wear and tear from looping at the tremendous speed at which it was hitting. We'll review the finish for you in just a minute here from the Alabama International Motor Speedway, the next stock car race on the schedule of Alabama, the Vulcan 500, June the 14th, certain to be a thriller in the 500 miler for Grand National Cars of Automobile Racing Club of America. Yesterday, Ramos stopped. The Keokuk Chief won the qualifying race, edging Bobby Watson's Daytona Dodge Charger after battling Ron Grana's Talladega Ford early in the race. The Vulcan 500 last October was the fastest race of the season as Jim Vandiver Charlotte brought that Ray Fox car home and it's expected to be another sizzler this year. The Vulcan 500, the only major event east of the Rockies on June 14th, so plan to see that great race on this great speedway. Order your tickets for the event by writing or phoning Alabama International Motor Speedway, Talladega. Phone Talladega 362-9064 or write to Ticket Department, Alabama International Motor Speedway, Talladega, Alabama, zip code 35160. Ticket Department, Alabama 
International Motor Speedway, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Let's go to Victory Lane with Bill French, the president. We should be very proud of this facility that's going to be here for many years to come. And it's going to be a long time before anybody builds a speedway that will outclass it. Thank you very much. Bill France, the president of Talladega, of the Alabama International Motor Speedway and NASCAR as well. Also, we'd like to remind you that the... Well, the activities continue down there. Bill France just giving the first place trophy for the Alabama 500 to Pete Hamilton, who continues to get the plaudits of the crowd and get to meet all the beauty queens, the race stoppers from Union 76 and the queen of the Alabama 500 here, a lovely young school teacher who has been participating over the events in this past week. We'll go down on the pit road now for a final report from Bob McGinley. And things on pit road this afternoon had all of the aspects of drama. We had elation when Mars Petty and his buddy Richie Pars, the fellows who prepare the car and who Pete is so confident and so proud of, as he told me in an interview yesterday, uh, enjoyed the fruits of victory and of course a moment ago we saw the remains of a car that did a tremendous job all afternoon Cotton Owens is number six and Buddy Baker who incidentally physically is A-OK -okay, went down to defeat by a blown engine now the mechanics continue their work of cleaning up all of their equipment but we have witnessed here today one of the most dynamic and I would say one of the most thrilling automobile races that I have seen in my many years within the sport and everything they say about this tremendous racetrack is true and believe me I look forward to coming back again back to radio control and to Tom York down the north end of the pits can talk about isolation for a driver he and the uh, pit crew are unaware of a lot of other things that are going on on the track Richard Petty drove into the pits and stuck his head on and says who won of course, it was his car, obviously, that Pete Hamilton was driving that ran another Superbird. And as you mentioned a moment ago, the battered and bruised body of Buddy Baker's number six came by. Now he is being pulled, and there's almost a, oh, a pall of uh, people following behind it right now, headed for the garage area. He was a great favorite. He's a great big man with a, a heart to match. Buddy Baker, the man to ride 200 miles an hour on this speedway. This is a, an explosive action area in this part of the speedway today in the pit row, and it's just been a tremendous experience for me. An outstanding race at the Alabama International Motor Speedway, the fastest in the world. Now back to the tower. To the turn positions for today's race, Bob Smith. Pete Hamilton, who is young, handsome, tall, blonde, single, and rich. Girls proved today also that his winning of the Daytona 500 was no accident. He is also one of the world's great automobile racing drivers mastering this gigantic Alabama International Motor Speedway today to win the Alabama 500. He's a real nice young fellow, and we wish him all the luck in the world. It's been a terrific race, one of the most fantastic races I've ever seen, and I still can't believe the lead changes we had in this race, but we stood here and watched it happen. We'll be looking forward to more exciting action here at the Alabama International Motor Speedway. Back to Ken Squire. To Tony Dean. Oh, gosh, I don't know what to say. You know, Ken, I think you and I have seen nearly every race that's been held on this speedway, and each one gets better than the, the better than the previous race. Today's race could be described as beautiful. It was an absolutely fantastic race. We're looking forward to June 14th of Hawken 500 when our good friend Ramos Stott will be sitting on the pole in his Plymouth Superbird. That ought to be another one, and if uh, past performances is any basis to go on, it's going to be better than this one. So long for now. Back to radio control. Barney Hall, 
Uh, Ken, I've seen a lot of races myself. I see this track and I don't believe it. It's that type of racetrack. I'm looking forward to seeing every show they have at Talladega. And the people who are home today listening to our broadcast, you've got to see a show here at Talladega. It's the greatest in the world. Back to you in radio control. It was just that. Marvin, this track is, is something that you have to see to believe. The cars can go this fast. And of course, you have to have great, great drivers, and NASCAR certainly has them. Look at the drivers they, they bring in here with Kale running so beautifully today, and this Buddy Baker driving a fantastic race. And as we review this final standing, here are some new young names, some new faces. Actually not, if you're a NASCAR fan, you've seen them from the short tracks, and you know how good they are. And that's where these champions come from. NASCAR brings along up through the ranks some of the finest drivers in the world of racing in any category, and we've had the best of the flock in here today to see this 500 go its distance in fantastic style with great fashion as these drivers can do it. I don't think you could find a more competitive field and braver drivers anywhere than we've seen here today that can turn these speeds and do it with such relaxed ease and poise. We had some heartbreaks today, Ken, on the part of Bobby Allison, who was doing such a marvelous job. And, of course, we <laughs> that terrific run of Buddy Baker that uh, is a shame that his engine had to give up uh, this near the end of the race. But all in all, this was one terrific race, Ken. I really enjoyed it. Matter of fact, I got to watching the race so much that uh, I started not to be too much help to you at times. I got so interested in myself. It was uh, really a thriller and uh, looking forward to the next one here. I don't know how it could be any better, really. Uh, this was this was uh, really outstanding, Ken, and I enjoyed working with you here today 100% and, and with the rest of the staff. Two days ago, we asked Pete Hamilton what kind of a race the Alabama 500 would be. I kind of feel like it may be the similar type of race that it was down at Daytona Beach, one where you didn't necessarily have to uh, just drive uh, as hard as you know how all day long. I think that uh, this race here... As far as winning this race, we've got to change four tires every pit stop, and I think that it's good a possibility that the race may be won or lost in the pits. I also feel that uh, not necessarily running just as hard as the car will go all day is, is the answer. I think it's going to take a little bit of thought and a little bit of uh, maybe taking a little bit easy at the start and running hard at the finish. Well, that's what he said, and that's exactly what he did. And that's how Pete Hamilton became the first winner of the Alabama 500 on the fastest super speedway in the world. He did it with a 1970 Plymouth Superbird, prepared by the Petties of Randleman, North Carolina. He came in as the second member of the team. And now, with better than $75,000 on a very early season and a chance possibly at over $200,000 in earnings this year, <laughs> you've got to take a look at Pete Hamilton and say, he really got it together from those days of running the short tracks in Vermont and northeastern New York and Massachusetts. And he's done New England proud, and he has done racing proud with his extremely fine performance this afternoon. The Alabama 500, won at an average speed of 152.321 miles per hour by Pete Hamilton, finishing second after there were 30 lead changes among 11 drivers, Bobby Isaac, Catawba, North Carolina. Finishing third a lap back, David Pearson, Spartanburg, South Carolina, for Ford. So it was Plymouth first, Dodge second, Ford third. And Ford took fourth, with Benny Parsons of Detroit, Michigan, putting on what I think is the finest drive I've seen this young man make, and you're going to hear a lot more about Benny. Fifth, Cale Yarborough, number 21, who drove with a windshield in his lap and did all the brave things that this guy always does. He's one of the finest. 
Six, another new face and another name to reckon with. And if you haven't heard it before, jot it down if you're a race fan because you're going to hear from Freddie Fryer, the Baron of Baton Rouge in the Bill Ellis Plymouth. He did it well today. Seventh, Richard Petty, number 43, technical problems all afternoon. Eighth, the Ford of young James Hilton, who already has a Grand National victory to his credit this year. Ninth, Neil Castle, Charlotte, North Carolina. Tenth in the event, Cuckoo Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, in the Chevrolet. And that's the second time this year that Cuckoo's done it. Here's a whale of a... He's a future Farmer of America winner with the top farm in his county. He comes out on weekends and races in the Grand National, and he is some kind of driver. He takes tenth today, Cuckoo Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, in a Chevy, no less. Eleventh, the fine runner from... Augusta, Georgia, Frank Warren, number 79. And then 12th, from Christiansburg, Virginia, number 25, Jabe Thomas. Finishing 13th was Butch Hurst, the Floridian. Finishing 14th was Larry Bummel, a Wisconsin runner. And finishing 15th, with all the problems he had, he still kept it going, and Dave Marcus will finish 15th. 16th is Dick Brooks from Porterville, California. 17th, Bill Seifert of Scotland, North Carolina. And finishing 18th, and that's as far back as we have them at the present time, the airlines pilot, Jimmy Crawford, from East Point, Georgia, in another Chevrolet. That's the way they finish today, 18 strong, Hamilton winning it. So that's it. On behalf of Marvin Panch, this is Ken Squire, and we want to thank you all very much for being with us for the Alabama 500 and twist your arm to come down here and see this thing. You have got to see this track. You just have to see it if you're any kind of a race fan because this is where it's at. And this is where the speed records will be made. And there's no finer racing facility I've ever seen than this one. And we'll be delighted to be with you June 14th on many of these stations to bring you the ARCA 300. And we look forward to being back July the 4th with you to bring you all the excitement of a real great one in the Firecracker 400 from Daytona Beach, Florida. That's still number one in, in your soul. Thank you, Marvin. Great job today. We'll see you real soon. Any use of this broadcast without the express written consent of the Motor Racing Network is strictly prohibited. The Alabama 500 has been brought to you in part by Speedaway Glass Cleaner, the Falstaff Brewing Corporation, and Union 76 Division, Union Oil Company, California. Turn announcers were Bob Smith, Tony Dean, Barney Hall. Reporting pit action, Tom York, Bob McGinley. Our statistician was Bill Kaiser. Our thanks to the Gray Rock Brake Landing Company for the expert commentary on one of racing's all-time greats, Marvin Panch. Technical director for this program was Phil Angley. The Alabama 500 was produced and directed by Roger Baer. This broadcast of the Alabama 500 from Alabama International Raceway, a presentation of the Motor Racing Network, a division of the International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.